And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. Well, well, well. Welcome to episode 41 of Down on the Docks. My name is Chris Neff. I'm joined as always by my co-host and producer, Dave Sarah. How are you doing, buddy? Hello. Good to hear. Buddy, coming off a of back-to-back. Back-to-back we're going. Back-to-back. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a song uh, from Drake. Oh, that's Drake. We're going back Do you like the back. way I went with it? Like, yeah, I, oh, you know? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, zip it up <laughs> and zip it out. The only thing I know about Drake is that there's that meme of him with the coat where he's like, I don't like that. And then there's <laughs> yeah. the other one, but there's I have no song. idea what it means. Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. I mean, Drake is uh, handicapped, right? I don't know. I'll, I, I know nothing about him. No, um, no, no, on to more important things. Black, I guess. Our back-to-back of An Honest Liar, uh, okay. also yep. known as a back-to-back banger. Bangaroo. Um, we had a lot of uh, great comments from the listeners. Um so uh, for those of you just joining us, Down on the Docks is a weekly comedy documentary series where we take down your, uh, watch your favorite documentaries and not so favorites. Yeah. And then we do our best to fucking slide in some jokes. Yes, we do. <laughs> Sliding it in. <laughs> you like the way that I'm just slipping this on you now, explaining what the show is? Yeah. I realized, it it's okay. I, I realized that we They may not know out there. People don't know what our show is. Yeah. So yeah, if you're new, that's what we do. Um, you can find us on uh, social accounts like Twitter, uh, down on the docks. Except for on Instagram, where it's down on the docks pod. That was just me taking a big breath yeah. getting there. And you knew <laughs> I was going to fuck it up. It's and okay. then, of course, send us an email at down on the docks at gmail.com as well. We're working on some other things um, that are going to be uh, platforming in new locations, but we're not going to tell you exactly what those are. We've got a yeah. few changes coming around. Yes. But going back to episodes 39 which is part one of An Honest Liar, we had a correction and retraction. Yes. We were talking about James Heydrich, uh, the the magician. Right. That used his magicianing skills to get his kids. Right. So he could molest them. Correct. And we... (laughs) In the middle of this discussion, they described him as a uh, a paraphiliac, I guess would be paraphilia. The, yeah, paraphilia. Yeah, yeah, having paraphilia. And you thought I thought it was an age thing because I pedophilia is like an there is a cap limit on the age of pedophilia. Right. There's like different words that they use for different age people. So I thought right. that's what they were referring to, but apparently it it's, is it's a persistent and recurrent sexual interest, urge, fantasy, or behavior of marked intensity involving objects activities or even situations that are atypical in nature right so i guess that means if you see a fucking statue out there yeah it looks like a ween right you're just going up and either <laughs> fucking it or jerking to it maybe yeah you're just cool or, or activities like you might go um go-kart riding and go over a bump i guess and it might be like well that feels really <laughs> good. good let's keep I, going over that bump over got, and over again hey let's take the turn four again my parents that bitch goes over off. that fucking bump one more time or that's, it, that's him getting mad at somebody else using his bump right but also involving objects in nature right you know so it couldn't it's not just like a, a statue tree. it could be a, a tree, tree with a could twig be a bush yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> could be a bush. Could be a. Anyway, now you guys know what paraphilia means. A branch. Um, we have Dave. How do you feel before we get started? Sure. Tell us who we're sponsored by, and then I'll introduce this week's episode. This week's episode of Down the Docks is brought to you by Broccoli Farms, established in 2016 in San Diego, California, by cannabis entrepreneur Anthony Bird. Broccoli Farms is a modern take on cannabis brands around the world. Well, I knew it. Did you know? You knew about it, too. I did. I mean, if we were in Germany, we'd probably fucking know about it also. Uh-huh. By combining new terminology involving cannabis worldwide, Anthony created a cannabis brand that uniquely represents the entire cannabis industry as one. Broccoli Farms, the lowest delivery minimum in San Diego, bar none. Fair prices and quality products make Broccoli Farms one of the best deliveries in San Diego for almost a decade. We trust them. Be sure to mention Down on the Dogs podcast for 15% off your next order, along with FTP and great rewards. First time patience. Check them out today on Instagram at Broccoli Farms 619. And also check out Dave.Sara on okay. Instagram. <laughs> it's going to be my new thing. Okay, do Just it. Plug in right after the ad. Um, Dave.Sara on Instagram. How do you feel about trying to solve an international art Yes. I don't know if the word is uh, heist? heist. It's not heist. Mystery. Mystery. Yes. yes. I like the idea of a mystery Do you even like, more. Okay. Well, this documentary. Because if you already know the heist, then you're, there's no mystery. You're just explaining the I'm going to tell you right now, there's no heist. There is no heist. But there's a lot of fucking uh, salacious and scandalous shit uh-huh. that goes o- on. Always with the art world. Always. And it's only getting worse and out of control, which we'll get into later in the episode. But sure. um, this documentary is called The Last Leonardo. Ooh. Uh, it came out in 2021, uh, directed by Andreas Kofed. Now, we open... On a New York City skyline at night, we have really eerie music playing in the background. You hear traffic. <laughs> it's not that eerie. No? No. Hold on. Oh. And then, you know, we f- discover a man. He's walking the streets. He's older. He's got a baseball cap, and he walks into a, a warehouse. Now, for dramatic effect, they're not going to turn the lights on. He's going to use his flashlight. Right. So he's poking around there. And uh, he's going to different objects, and they're they're rectangular in size and shape, rather. So we have a feeling that, oh, okay, um, he's either working there or he's getting ready to bust the place open. Right. We don't know. But then we suddenly realize they're paintings. Okay. Well, this is a man named Alexander Parrish, and his title comes up. Yes, Parrish. Sleeper Hunter. Yes. Sleeper Hunter. Yes. So uh, uh, he says a sleeper is a painting that's being offered almost entirely at auction, which is clearly by a much better artist than the auction house is recognized. Mm. So a sleeper hunter... I get it. They got to go find these mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've I've heard about um, people... I don't know if it's this guy specifically, but yeah, they go around not not necessarily to like art uh not necessarily to like yard sales although that is that does part, happen though. that does happen yeah but these guys like go even more like even to like what you said they go to auction houses and sometimes a lot of these auction houses they they still are open to the public like during the week or whatever right and you can just kind of go buy things that they just have on sale yeah and sometimes yeah they miss things or they don't realize 25 of them burned in a fucking factory or something and they they miss one little minute thing that you know that they don't know can quadruple value. Did you ever have like a super big uh, yard uh, sale score before? Score, yes. I've had a a couple. Did you ever find a painting? 
not a painting, Star Wars figures. Star Wars figures? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've had I, some pretty good Star Wars days. I remember one, I scored these baseball cards, Ooh. and they were like from the 60s and 70s. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, just give me 50 bucks. And I'm like, let yeah. me give you 100 just yeah, so I can yeah, sleep yeah, at night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I walked out with at least 300 old action figures for about 20 bucks. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, this guy, what he's specializing in is he was, uh, he, he finds this painting that's cataloged, quote, after Leonardo, unquote. Okay. So it's a copy after the lost Salvatore Monday. Now, Salvatore right. Monday, yes. you know what that means? Yes. What does it mean? Tell me. <laughs> It means savior of the world. Yes. Now that's not English. No. I'm guessing Latin. Maybe. Uh, so anyway, they know that um, Leonardo had done one. Right. But he says Jesus is not an easy sell. Right. That's bullshit, by the way. No, that, I always, I thought the same thing. Yes. Really? I think that, Jesus is the easiest sale in town. No, no, no. That he's an easy sell. Sell. Oh, he said, yeah, this guy says it's not an easy No, no, no I, I disagree with him. I agree with you. Yeah, you put a tchotchke in <laughs> of Jesus in any airport in the country. Especially the Catholicos. Dude, exactly. they fucking love that shit. Well, he says, for whatever reason, this picture attracts my attention, and I call Robert Simon. Now, here's a very spe specific mm. note. These crusty fucks, yeah. they don't refer to paintings as paintings. No. It's a picture. Yeah. So we meet this Robert Simon, who is, quote, an old master's art dealer. And he says, you know, Alexander and I, we purchased paintings together, and we've done very well with them. I never and knew that they referred to it as a picture, though, it, by the way. It drove me crazy. Huh. Um, and he says, and we're... We, is that like, like a British thing? Nah. It's an art history douchey thing. Weird. Um, and he's like, he's like me. We like the hunt. And he said, so, hey, did you see this picture down in uh, the New Orleans auction? And he says, yeah, I saw it. What should we do? And he's like, well, let's buy it. So they okay. they agree on a price with the auction house. Okay. Um, it gets shipped to them by UPS right. on a truck to New York. Uh -huh. then I already know where this is going. I, are you liking where it's going? I like where this is going. I have a feeling I know where it's well, going. Well, here's the thing. They kind of blow it in the beginning because the credits come up. Okay. And we see where this painting's gone. And they say where it's started, where it's sold for. I'm right. going to withhold the sales numbers. Okay. But you need to know they started in 2005 and paid $1,175. Okay. It then goes to London, uh, then in, makes its way to Geneva, and then Paris, and then uh, ultimately Saudi Arabia. Right. And Ends up on a yacht. You do know part of this story. I know this. Lots okay. of people know the part of the story. Okay. Yes, I didn't know this story yeah, yeah. at it's all. A, it's a big story that came out. Like the the gist of the story has come out somewhat recently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they, there's two documentaries. I didn't mean this. to blow it for anybody, but we'll no. get more into it. No, no, you didn't blow anything. All right, good. Just, to, just. I'm so just you know, excited when we like when I know it's very the facts, rare. Facts it's about very the thing rare. You know about anything the, about the documentary about. that you watched? Yeah. 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 Now, now, I'm not going to go watch the stupid fucking documentary. Ask. No, no. Okay. Of course. Not. I'm Why gonna, would I do still going to ask at the end. Okay, it's fine. Now, okay. just so you know, there were two documentaries released simultaneously. I want to okay. say within six months. It's like The Illusionist and, uh, yeah. and uh, what's the, the Illusioner? The, no, The Prestige and The Illusionist. The prestige and the, yeah, or yeah. B Movie and uh, Bugs Life. Happens all the time. Ants and Bugs Life. Um, so here's my point. Yes. Um, then we see the picture come right. up. And it's clearly Jesus Christ. And <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. All right, go on. And the title card appears and says, 
the last Leonardo. Now, just for, I know what I was going to say. Okay. The other me. documentary was called Savior for Sale. It's very uh, good too, yes. but I prefer this one um, because it's a little bit more atmospheric. And that's why I chose to review this one, not to take anything away. But if you end up liking what you're listening to, right. you start here at the last Leonardo, then you go to Savior for Sale. Got it. So anyway, the director then asks uh, a very broad question. He says, why do you think the Salvatore Mundi has caused so much fuss? Well, it's time to meet a gentleman by the name of Evan Beard. Wait, hold on. Is the mm. word fuss? Fuss. Okay. Did I, I put a T on it? I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't retarded. Sounds like time. I got a new Shabbos. No, no, no. Here. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, Bob. I just want to make sure that like, I haven't just been saying a fuss this whole time. No. It's really fussed. No. <laughs> okay, good. Which is a fun word. Fuss is a fun word. So we meet Evan Beard. He is the global art services services executive at okay. uh, BOFA. Sounds like a bullshit job, sure. Yeah. Uh, and I shouldn't just say BOFA like people know what that means. It's Bank of America. <laughs> yeah, I call Bofa. it BOFA because I yeah. bank there. Yeah, uh, me too. And he says, let me say this. One of the only banks that didn't uh, dip too much with the whole panic. There's been more than Bank of America. Chase is doing fine. Ch well, Chase did have a bad day recently. Though. Okay. But we got to give it up. Portfolios wouldn't be doing the same if it wasn't for NVIDIA. A year oh. solid. Holy shit. We don't like to get sidetracked no, too much. No, but that's a good... Like, I can't stop looking at it. Dude, I it wish keeps going up, and I'm like... Doubled I know. in a year, bro. I'm up 120% I know you on are. it. That's and I'm like, how did nuts. this happen? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> good Maybe decisions. I started a different podcast. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so anyway... Podcast Wars! Let's go. Anyway, um, he says, let me say this. This is the most improbable story that... I think has ever happened in the art market. Okay. Now there are thousands <laughs> of them. I've yeah. watched many of them and right. I even have a few catalog for us to cover later on, but I would have to agree with them. This is the craziest shit I've ever heard involving the art. Interesting. World. Okay, cool. So I, I, I know the, this is the thing. I know like yeah. the, the peripherals. Yeah. But I don't really know like the story. Well, I've got it right behind. in here. I, that, I love it's in it. The script. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't wait. I also wrote in some uh, prefabricated jokes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So anyway, working overtime. Uh, we Can also you? meet a journalist uh, from London by the name of Georgina Adam, and she said everybody wanted this painting to be a Leonardo, and so everybody took the most optimistic view they could of it as Leonardo, and perhaps it is a Leonardo. Well, it's time to meet one of my favorite goofballs in this movie called, his name's Jerry Saltz. He's a critic. Sick. And he just comes out and he says, it's not even a good painting. <laughs> it's a picture, sir. Yeah. But he's, he reminds me of Larry David yeah, a little yeah. bit. So then we meet a gentleman by the name of Luke Sison. Who the real, is, by the way, the real Messiah, Larry <laughs> very David. Very true. <laughs> uh, this gentleman, Luke Sison, who's the curator at the National Gallery. Uh, from 2003 to 2012, and he says, I believe that a picture has its own power, and that power is experienced only truly when you're standing in front of it. Now, that's a very true statement. I have studied uh, many pieces of art before, and I've, I've, I've felt a totally different experience when you're standing in front of them. And okay. to the point where it can elicit uh, tears or... Wow. Um, or, you know, goosebumps, things you can't get just 
from viewing it online. Well, how old were you when you were having, like seven the, having these gay I feelings? Saw, <laughs> I saw I saw a Pollock at the Met. Interesting. Okay. And uh, it blew my mind. <laughs> I love Kevin Pollock. Yep, I love very, Kevin Pollock. By the way, I played poker with Kevin Pollock one night. <laughs> this fucker could not miss. Really? Oh my god! Uh, with his gay little hat on, did he have his little fedora on? He was like, "I just keep hitting, kitten in cards. It's not your fault." <laughs> was kid. he doing a Watkins impression? Uh, no, <laughs> you mean <laughs> Christopher Watkins? Watkins. Not Watkins. Watkins. No, Watkins. I, I, I just don't do a Pollock. Watkins, Watkins. They should all just be the same name. All right, just like the Brendans and the Brandons. Well, let's also meet Kenny Schachter. This guy's hysterical too. Uh, he says, this is simply a matter of economics when you boil uh, it all down. And greed. Basic human foibles. Money. So. Foibles. We have a title card. Part one. The art game. So we're going to okay. go to New York City 2005. Mm-hmm. Remember Sleeper Hunter? Yes. Alex Parrish? Yes. Uh, his name's Alexander, but I'm going to call him Alex because he does the painting okay. picture thing. Sure. It's just for just me. call him P for all the, I care. The picture came in a cardboard box, which is kind of what you'd expect for the sort of money we spent. Right. I took it out, and two things are immediately apparent, and I mean within five seconds. One, there's clearly a great deal of overpaint. Restoration on the face of Christ. Oh, yes. And two, there's a large swath of painting that is untouched, unrestored, and absolutely period. By that, I mean circa 1500. Mm. Which is interesting that you can immediately see a piece of paint and say, I know that's from the 1500s. Or yeah. nail it to the date. So I mean, you must be really, you must be really good. You must be absolutely. Really, really and you're going to meet some nerds. Yeah. And they're very good at what they do. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, these guys, we were talking about it maybe a couple, a couple episodes ago. Guys like Robert Schock and whatever. Remember, yeah. even he immediately, when he went up to the Sphinx, oh, of course. immediately knew it was weather erosion. Water erosion. And he knew, yeah. like, he dated it, like, boom, within well, 30 seconds. Correct. A minute and a half, he says. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, Robert, his partner, says, I'm thinking this is an extraordinary object. Wow. But what it is, I don't know. No, but I, I have a real quick question. Did yeah. it seem like he was saying this, like, the art house is responsible for not restoring Correct. it correctly no okay. no 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 he's saying the art house didn't, didn't know even know had. what they even had so sleeper hunters <laughs> yeah it's just fucking it's fucking sleeper hunters. sleeper hunter by the way so <laughs> by the way cosby also a sleeper hunter uh, hey <laughs> there's a couple other sleeper hunters in the news uh, that are comedians <laughs> but we're not going to get into that today no uh, another type of philia uh diddle me this uh we <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help myself. Get back to the friars. He says uh, it's a work of uh, from around 1500. Okay, um, medieval this era. Is, but this is Simon agreeing with his partner. Oh, wait, Parrish. medieval's 12. Sorry, medieval's 15 and below. I say. Okay, so he says um, it was probably by one of these artists so close to the master that it deserved really to have the best possible care. Well, Evan, he's the banker with you know B of A. He says, I run the art services group at Bank of America. We're the largest weird. lender. Well, they lend against no, I'm art. not weird. It's not weird. Just, it, okay, continue. Trust me, you're going to get, it's nah, going to get weird it, when it, it comes into the, the politics the, and the money. Dude, it's like, like, I already know, like, you know, let's keep going. Okay. But I already know money laundering is a fucking big deal with this shit. Well, let's go. He says they manage about 100 museum endowments around the world. Wow. 
And the picture, it tells both an art his, historical story, but it also tells the history of financial markets, okay. tells the history of the rise of social and cultural capital. Okay. So they bring the picture to the top uh, art conservation uh, professional in the world, and her name is Diane Modestini. So okay. let's meet her. Okay. She's very bookish looking, round glasses, and she sometimes talks like this and gets tripped up and he carry comes over carrying this painting it's in a plastic garbage bag and i take the huh. painting out of the bag and i put it on an easel lovely passages and other passages are damaged overpainted i still didn't know what it was i and i brought it to mario in okay. the bedroom okay in the bed- <laughs> why does she fuck mario i mean it's <laughs> it's apparent puss bait yeah uh, you know it, ooh, it's erotic ooh, like she naked behind it i da, don't da, na, na, na. well then robert explains who mario is mario modestini is diane's husband uh-huh. and he's the most celebrating painting conservator of all time okay he vetted the uh genevera de benci for the national gallery uh which is also a leonardo uh-huh uh the only leonardo in the western hemisphere mind you wow um, really? Yes, yeah, here's the thing. How many does he have overall? This is a very good question. Okay. So. I want to say 60. Okay, I'll set the over under at 45. Okay. Paintings. Painting. Pictures. You wanna, pictures. Do you want to take the over or the under? And I'm going to tell the, you later. I'm going to take the over, and I think it's somewhere in the 60s. Okay. So, uh, listeners, if you're listening along, uh, go ahead. Slap your buddy at the bar yeah. and say, give me some action on the over-under. Yep. It's 45. Now, these are just paintings we're speaking of. Right. Not as manuals or as drawings okay. or etchings. We're talking about paintings. Okay. 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 Um, so I might be way off. There might be 60-something. I just remember that number for some reason. Okay. Well, interestingly enough, did you know that The, Leon, uh, the Last Supper, which is one of his most yep. famous works, is not a painting? It's a mural. Oh, it's okay. in a it's in an old church in Italy, and okay. it's been restored several times. Uh, it What's was the difference. Well, it's on a wall. It's painted to a uh, wall. It's a fresco. Okay. So I never knew that. Okay. Now we're starting to fucking. Now I'm starting to understand. Okay. So paintings, painting pictures only. Yeah. That you'd hang up in the fucking museum. I wonder how many murals Leonardo did. He must have been like... So yeah, for example, yeah, Michelangelo. Yeah. That's not a painting. That's not a picture. It's a mural. Michelangelo is a person. He is a, no, no. He's a person. <laughs> but I mean, like what he's famous for, for the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. The Sixteen Chapel. No, the Sistine Chapel. Right. It was... Uh, it's It's like that, you know, it's like that. I, ne- I actually fucking never knew that. Neither Holy shit. I. How big is it? Buddy, come down on the docks. You're going to learn. How big is it? Uh, I is looked it, like, it up. Is it like life size? No, no, no. I want to say, uh, I remember I wrote the centimeters down. How many centimeters? I want to say it's maybe like five feet by 10 feet. Okay. Pretty that big. Makes sense. That makes sense. Maybe bigger. That makes sense. So Crazy. anyway, um, we're going to answer those questions though, that you're eager to yeah, want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to, to uh, uh uh, what's his name? Modestini. Oh, okay. Modestini. Okay, Modestini. So uh, at the time, this uh, Mario, he's 98 years old and he's housebound. <laughs> which tells us why. Which tells us why Diane brought it to the That's bedroom. The, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He had to. She had literally. He's. 
He can only move his eyes, basically. She shows it to him and says, what do you think? <laughs> and he suddenly kind of paid attention, and he said, this is by a very great artist. Uh, I don't know who it is, but it's the generation after Leonardo. Uh, so Diane proceeded to take some solvents, uh-huh. acetone, mineral spirits. Wow. She dips them in rolled cotton wool wow. on a stick. And then, so, okay, who owns the painting at this time? Fucking Robert and Alex. And she just takes the liberty of fucking... No, they hired her. Okay, okay. They were like, honey, we got something here. Okay, so she wants... Fucking she, help us out. So, but they, she's... Okay, good, got it, got it, got it. So she slowly removes the varnish and does some retouching. Uh-huh. And one of the things that immediately appears is the thumb. Now, I'm going to describe this image to you. Okay. So you have Jesus standing like this. Jesus. Jesus. Standing and straight. then in this hand, yeah. he's doing kind he's of He's doing like, like the finger cross the thing. Finger, the fingers are like up. Yeah, they're up. The hand, the right hand's up. Left hand? Left hand, grabbing balls. It's He's holding a sphere. Holding a sphere. A ball, a right. glass sphere. And he's doing like the 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 crossing the fingers Correct. thing. Correct. Yeah. He's crossing the fingers. It's like a weird thing. But yeah. he's doing... We're going to get he's to doing, it. Yeah, he's doing like the... Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. He's doing like backwards. He's doing something anatomically you yeah. can't do. Interesting. Okay. So. Weird. She finds the thumb position. Uh-huh. Okay. It's <laughs> cool. Yeah. But she finds a first position of the thumb that was painted over. Oh, I haven't heard first position since I was in ballet. <laughs> this is called a pentiment. Yes. An artist's first idea, which they later change. Okay. So, Th- I remember learning about this. Yeah, the thumb this move is, positions. Right. So this is actually what I was going to bring up earlier was uh, we I had a very serious AP history class that like mm-hmm. really got into uh in high school, really got into art history. Yeah. And we went through hundreds of slides of art, right. medieval era, all the way like stuff with flying buttresses, like yeah. all that kind of shit. Like the Cathedral of Notre Dame. And, yeah, and studied my ass off about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then still we, failed. No, I didn't. <laughs> I did really well. But I remember going, like, like some of these uh, images were marked, like, we're going to see these at the end of the school year at the yeah. Getty. So we're going to mark them down. Like, these are the things we're going to see. Yeah. And not feeling a goddamn thing of seeing them. Just. Feeling, oh, uh, I've been no f- studying this fucking thing. So you didn't have the emotional I had response. Zero response. It. it was a, it was a purely like engineering focused response yeah. to cramming all that bullshit into your head. Maybe a little senioritis. No, it was my sophomore year. Oh, okay, yeah. So right. it's just like it was just like a <laughs> systematic thing. It turned it turned something artful and cool into yeah. something corporate and gay uh, is what i mean gotcha yeah because of the getty center not because of the getty center stupid because <laughs> it was fucking like forced into me it wasn't like it didn't come naturally like yeah, they, yeah. they said enjoy this art this art is important yes that's what i don't like okay back Sorry. to the pen continue back to the pentiment well you have to realize something uh you don't usually find a pentiment in a copy of something okay okay so it makes sense it was an original of some sort because a, a, there would be no, you know, fuck up if it was a copy. Somebody's right. just copying it. They're going to see exactly what they do. Yeah. So she says, this is proof. Uh, it's not definite proof that it's the original, but at least it wasn't proof for me. But I did some uh, remove, re- I, I removed some retouching. 
The thumb appears immediately, as does a lot of damage on the head. I notice that there's a very wide white fill, quite recent, that is covering a crack. Now, this so crack, this is a this the the painting that mm -hmm. it's that is on top and yes. underneath. Is it the same? Essentially, the same painting? Is it completely different? What is the painting on top? The painting on top is the varnish and the retouching. It's just literally nothing. Like, what do you mean? Like. It's this. Is it the same picture? Is it still Jesus? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. so you can still say, yeah, yeah, yeah. tell. You just but can't. It, parts have been restored. Parts of it have not been restored. Okay, okay. But the big get is the pentiment and no signature. And, no. and explain one more time. Yeah. the pentiment. So a pentiment is this. It was an art, artist's original intention. Right. So look at my thumb. Yes. Okay. I'm watching it. Look at my thumb. Yes. You see, you see my thumb disappear? Yes. yes. That's yes. a cheap magic trick. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. So, so my thumb. <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the original picture, okay. the thumb is here. Yes. But then it got covered up. Uh huh. And then it moved here. Okay. I'm watching. So, so, it's, so it goes from like a turkey, looks uh -huh. like a turkey, to a slightly bent thumb, like the turkey's looking right. up towards but his the feathers. But the turkey part was covered up. Completely covered so up. So as she's taking off the varnish, yeah. turkey part. Revealed. Interesting. So, like, it was fixed. Correct. The thumb went from an anatomically incorrect position. No, no, no. Thumb was always anatomically. Okay, it's good. So the 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 thumb just goes from a like a bent position to, to an a open. floater. Interesting. Yeah. Weird. But the whole concept is because of this, it's an original work by somebody, not right. a copy of something. Got it. Okay. So then she discovers a crack. Now the crack runs through the panel is actually from a knot in the low center of the piece. Wow. Well, that's crazy. She, she calls Robert and says, Bob, I cleaned the picture and you got to come see this. Uh, I'm faced with two things. One is a picture that is uh, severely damaged, but all of the very amateurish brownish reddish paint that was an attempt to create a beard is gone. Whoa. So I knew that it really needed conservation treatment at the highest level. Well, Diane says, Mario dies in January. Ah. So I bring in the, the Salvatore Monday into my studio. And uh, alone, I would carry on a conversation with Mario the entire time. I didn't talk to him out loud, except maybe once or twice. But I would just have this dialogue with him in my head. And I could hear him say, he looks like he has a toothache. Uh, huh, and I would, I would do it over and over again. And then I'd hear him say, the nose is crooked. Mario's face and the Salvatore Mundi's face, you know, they kind of shift back and forth in my mind. Huh. One evening, I'm wrestling for the 10th time with retouching a small loss, which is just above the lip right here. Okay. She points to the lip. Yeah. And there is a transition in this area from the lip to the upper lip that is imperceptible. There's no line there. For the edge of the lip is exactly what is present present in the same area of the Mona Lisa. Oh. My hands were shaking. Whoa. So she's comparing the fucking the lips to the lease. She takes it even further. No Whoa. one except Leonardo could have painted this picture. Wow, I mean, come on. This is a thing, man. They I can get take it. they can take like a centimeter of fucking paint. I get it. And say I don't see a line, so that's got to be the fucking master stroke. Okay. No pun intended. Sure. So I get she, it, but when you're a hammer, everything also looks like a nail. Very good point. And also, like, <sighs> okay. She, she leaves the building and calls Robert and this, says, Here's the, also th the other thing, too. It's like, you can also, like, I'm sure this woman may probably 
believes that it's a Leonardo, and I yeah. have no reason to doubt that it is. But yeah. what I'm saying is, oh, you will. Uh oh, <laughs> that's later. But what I'm saying is, if you if you if you can if you can time the piece to yeah. a certain time, yeah, and it's sort of hard to refute that it lived during this time, yeah, and then you can make one or two assertions like the lip. Yeah. Then you could convince a lot of fucking people to pay a lot of money for it, even if just on the hunch, buddy. So of course your hands you are have shaking. ESP? Do you have ESPA or yeah. did you get a hot copy no, of my script? This is not. Uh, yeah, and I don't know anything about right it, direction. but like I can I can already see where this is going. Well, she leaves the building okay. and says, "I had to call Robert," and I said, "This painting is by Leonardo." Oh God. Well, we see a side by side comparison of uh, the two. You mean mean the Mona Lisa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're looking at the fucking right, lip, right? And you're looking at the Jesus. And she lip. ain't much to look at. Let me tell you. Well, you gotta have a seriously trained eye, because I can't tell a fucking thing. right. Most people, I'm sure, can't. Here's the thing: this woman's up there with legendary status, sure, as like the same dude in Ghostbusters too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Do I have bad breath or something? Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah, guy yeah. exactly. Big. What's his <laughs> fucking name? Uh, fuck, I don't Peter know. Peter Nichols, I think, is who it this was. Is his real name. Yeah. Anyway. Well, let's get to the sleeper hunter. He says there are only, by most people's account, 15 known Leonardo's. Paintings. Mm -hmm. Pictures, okay. Paintings. How many? You said, I said, how many? I know, I know. How many, like, murals of his? We're going to get to that. Okay. And if you say, I found a picture like this in our circles, it's akin to saying, I have a spaceship on my lawn right now, and I saw some unicorns. It's just so far-fetched. Right, Don't like even every try. single one's like accounted for and everything. Yeah, you're going to look like an asshole. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting note. I did uh, go off the grid a little bit because I was asking myself, how many fucking Leonardo's are out there, right? Right. Well, there are many, but they're categorized in different ways. 100%. So there's generally accepted, okay? There's widely accepted. Ah. Universally accepted. So they don't accepted. even know. They don't fucking know, bro. Yeah. Universally accepted. I Means think the number is like fucking fi- know. 15. Yeah. Somewhere around they that. They know. That. Okay. And then there's a massive, even larger category of disputed works. Uh-huh. All told, the number is about 24 pieces, not including manuscripts and lost okay. works. Okay. That was way off. So that 24 is the widely accepted, universally accepted, and generally accepted. Okay. So. But then he's got other stuff but for, on the market. But just correct. for paintings, got it. But for example, the Mona Lisa and the Last Supper, universally accepted. So Jerry Saltz, he's laughing his ass Mr. off. Mr. fucking Saltz is himself, huh? He says, the most famous artist of the high renaissance. Those paintings are heavily documented. And all of a sudden, we just happen to have one that appears hundreds of years later. And then it, what, turns up in America, in New Orleans? He pretends to take a drag of a cigarette. Oh, <laughs> I see. Here's, here's the lost Leonardo that somebody once mentioned in a book. <laughs> this guy's great. That's hilarious. Well, back to Evan. He's the Bank of America, but guy and he says when you go back to the old masters the provenance is very important because that's the line of ownership that tells the story right now of course we you and i know this because we watch pawn stores yeah pawn pawn (laughs) store what the fuck was that dude that was some that was some we you know idahoian bullshit right there i mean my point is if you watch pawn stars you know what fucking provenance is. yeah i love pawn stars great fucking show 
So anyway, he says Robert spent a lot of time going through archives. Ah, uh, Leonardo. I was only 15 of them in the world. I get it. <laughs> I can probably give you about 100000 for it. Let me call him my expert. <laughs> yeah, I don't this, know. This yeah. isn't universally you accepted. You see the lips? I don't know. Definitely not generally accepted yeah. or widely accepted. I'd say it's maybe are, just you and I accepting it. I can do 10 bucks. How does yeah, that yeah. sound? This this Jesus has DSLs. If we know anything from Leonardo, he liked thin lips. Back to Robert. He spends a lot of time going through the archives, and he puts together some provenance, because any picture, if it doesn't have provenance, there's a doubt, and there's reasons for people not to believe what right, it is. Right, Well, Robert says... Yeah, they need the story. They need the name, just like the fucking World War II general shit. It's kind of like we, we, the reason we know the Last Supper's legit is because it's been in the same fucking place yeah. since we found it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, he was able to trace the painting's whereabouts to the year 1900 when it was sold huh. at a London auction um, and attributed to another artist. But then the trail goes cold. So he goes through British inventories from the 17th century and he finds two possible citations in the collection of Charles I. Okay. And his colleague Margaret uh, found one in the collection of Charles II as well. He says, Our painting huh. does not have the royal brand on its reverse because if it was royal and owned, they'd take their stamp and they put it on the back of the, oh. the painting. Um, and the panel has been thinned and rebacked. But it, like the same image, mm -hmm. this same exact image shows yeah. up in Charles's. Yes. Wow. Charles I and Charles same II. Same exact image. He says it seems possible but not provable that it's the same painting. But mm. the point is, he's only going back to 1900. Right. Okay. Well, uh, and excuse me, the 17th century. Well, yeah, I mean, if he's going to go Charles, Charles yeah. yeah. But he doesn't know for sure. Right. Okay. So let's okay. go to London. Okay. Pretty good, though. 2008. We just have just to come up with that information is yeah. probably fucking hard. Well, and dude. they show these ledgers. Yeah, yeah. These yeah. old handwritten ledgers. I've seen them. I mean, I've seen some of that stuff. It's crazy. Um, so Beard says, in the master space, opinions matter more than facts at any one time. And you always start with the two or three who are most willing to potentially listen uh to you that this could be by the hand of the master. Well, remember Luke Sison? I introduced him very yep. briefly. He's the curator of the na uh, the National. That's in London, by the way. Okay, I've been there. Ooh, uh, I actually saw Leonardo myself there. Uh, the Virgin Mary on the Rocks, mm. um, which there's a couple of versions of. One okay. is widely accepted. One <laughs> is universally, universally accepted. accepted. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, he says when you're a museum curator, you get emails, messages, uh, people saying, "Oh, hey, is this a la lost? You know." Piece. And he says, for the most part, it's always disappointing. So he said, I saw the transparency of the Salvatore Monday. Uh, I was somewhat skeptical and I looked at it and I thought, gosh, this feels pretty powerful. And I felt it needed to be seen in the flesh. Right. Now, keep in mind, he's looking at the 2008 restored version that Diane's right. already worked on. Yes. So uh, Robert says he suggests, but the but the original, but that Jesus, the original one on that painting had a beard, correct, and this one does not. Yes, it was obvious that the beard was amateur. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's fucking pubes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Robert says, is that, what, is that is it pubic hair? <laughs> it's actual hair. It's not even painted on. <laughs> so right. Robert says they invited scholars 
Okay. To go see the painting right. in neutral territory. <laughs> like that matters. Yep. Um, uh, in nah, a, I don't like the lighting here. Sorry. In a lab yeah. at the National Gallery. Yeah, 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 yeah. So curator, Luke, he says, what I was hoping to do was gather these scholars at the National uh, and to look carefully at the picture and how it spoke to the group of people. Well, let's meet uh, a man by the name of Martin Kemp uh, from Oxford. Uh-oh. Uh, I don't know where this guy's going. Emeritus Professor of History of Art of University of Oxford. The Salvatore Monday came out of the blue literally as a surprise because there's no... There's been no authentic Leonardo painting for over a hundred years, so you don't sit there waiting for one to come along. We knew that Leonardo had been involved with the subject of the Monday. We also have two drawings at Windsor, very beautiful red chalk drawings of draperies, one of the chests and uh, one of gathered drapery, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the oh, other, yeah. the other, of course, are the arm and the sleeve. So we know he was involved in planning that. There are quite a lot of copies. I think we're up to about 20 now. But I thought that if Leonardo had painted in a regional, the chance of it turning up was very small. Well, great inflection you had. You know, practice. He's a pretty good Michael Caine. uh, Evan says, you know, a Leonardo can be several different things. There's works that are fully accepted. This is what we were discussing. And they're labeled by uh, Leonardo, but they can also be workshops. This is the same thing that Warhol did. Okay. So in the you factory... You workshop, okay. In the factory, he was just cranking out art, you know, by his 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 underlings were doing all the work. Yeah, CIA. Yep. FBI. Makes sense. Right. Um, and he says, you know, there could be a piece where he was guiding the student on the work, but there's not firm agreement that the entire work yeah. is from the hand of the author. So we see a version of the Mona Lisa. Okay. And um, somebody says, you have a circle of Leonardo's followers that did work in their style and in their manner. And then finally, Ah, followers. Ah, makes sense. Copycats. Correct, of Leonardo. Yeah. Not Uh, necessarily copy, but influenced. Right. But they're doing the picture in the same style as the master. Because you would have expected him to... Be like a teacher, yeah, or something. Well, yeah, he had a workshop. A workshop. That's so crazy. If the picture was a uh, was by a follower of a follower of Da Vinci's, then it's worth what they paid for it. This is like those mer like this is crazy. I feel like five six years ago or so, people went all crazy when they realized Pablo Picasso didn't like live like hundreds of years ago. Like oh, Pablo yeah. Picasso died in like the eighties or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and and people were like. Oh, well, I wonder why you can get a Picasso for 40 bucks. Right. It's because he was, towards the end of his life, he was just cranking the fuck out. Right. Printing lithographs and yeah, things and then, like that. And yeah. And then all, shit. Yeah. And even like, even his one off, actually, like the most expensive things of his are like these one of a kind, like, uh, just like napkin drawings that right. he's done. Like, right. those are like some of his most expensive pieces out there. Right. Not like his fucking bullshit art <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking fake ass modern art that they just use for money laundering yeah, basically that one with the fucking uh, eyeball on the side of the head and the fucking tit pointing north <laughs> fuck that guy he was a hack he's a fucking he's drawing fucking he's drawing uh he's drawing a playing cards yeah big deal fuck him yeah anyway Stupid. if it was a follower of a follower of leonardo yeah it's worth what they paid for it 
now. Thousand bucks. Correct. Which kind of fucking sucks. Yeah. If you think Two about generations it, removed. 700. I mean, uh, fucking five, 600. Let me see. Like 500 years ago, you're talking. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. And you think it's only worth a thousand bucks? Uh, actually, it'd be like three fifty years ago. Three hundred. Three hundred fifty years ago, even Maybe, better, possibly. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, I'm not you know, even better. I'm just mean like you get the gist. Okay. Now, if it was a student that was working under Da Vinci, meaning like one generation removed, it would be exponentially more valuable than that. Now, if it was by the hand of the master, it's not exponentially. It's exponent exponentially upon exponentially more valuable okay. the curve is absurd okay okay so so, so okay so yeah. it's good still that it's like from his his like apprentice correct it's shitty if it's two gener three generations removed three generations okay. so, so if it's so if it's the, if it's obviously if it's leonardo or it's any the master is yeah. the shit yeah. One generation for sure, 100% we know. Times it by 100. Times it by 100. Or, you know, take ten. 100 off. Yeah, of take it. It. Okay, 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 I get you. Yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. So yeah. like 10. But oh, if it's the third, times 10. you got 100 bucks in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. You're so fucked. one's times 10, the other one's times 100. Got yeah. it. Well, side note here. What do you think the Mona Lisa is valued at? Oh, God. Valued? Yeah. Fuck. Like, is valued the same as like insured for? Very not close. That, not yeah, that yeah, I you know. You take the same value. Yeah. I'd say 500 mil. Keep going. Bill. Uh, One billion. 830 million to uh, a billion is the yeah. estimate. Makes sense. So, um, Makes sense. Well, Luke, the national cur uh, the curator at the National, he says, we had already begun to plan the Leonardo exhibition. Um, we already had major loans already agreed. And Robert Simon, he says, the issue was how to take the picture to London. It was unframed. And a special box is built for it. And we see it's small enough, literally, that you could just put it through an x-ray machine. It's yeah. not a massive piece. No, it's small. So then they head off to the gallery, and it awaits for the arrival of international scholars. So Evan says, you're dealing with the ego and dreams of academia. Every academic wants to make a discovery. Right. Well, Martin That's how you says, get published. I'm trying when I'm going to London not to set up expectations. Expectations are dangerous because you end up seeing what you want to see. I decided yeah, there to there you play, go, hammer is a nail. I decided to play it cool as possible. Oh, good. And I looked at Just it. Just like when I met Dice. I looked at it and clearly it's got a presence. Okay. Leonardo's have a strange presence. They're very assertive, but at the very same okay, time, very ambiguous. Okay. And assertive. It's assertive yet ambiguous. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about, dude? Leonardo does that. Other people can't. Oh my God. I can get, I can sort of understand a little bit what he's saying because of that stupid smile. Yeah. The one that fucks everybody it, up it, on the Lisa. It's a weird, it is a weird yeah. crack smile. It's like, it's you know what of, it is? It's like, if you think I'm hot, you're gay. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because people say, is it's it a, a woman? Is it, it a man? It, some people say it's him. Yeah. But also it's like, it's like, uh, the only thing I kind of related to is like, when you look, there's a picture of Elon Musk and he's technically, he's technically smiling, but his mouth is frowning. Is this when he was with PayPal and had hair plugs? He, he, no, this is after <laughs> hair plugs. Okay. But it's just like a weird picture of him. Like he's, he's technically smiling. Yeah. But in his in the picture, his mouth is literally doing a frown. Uh -huh. but you could tell that he's smiling. It's like this. It's like it's hard to explain. Right. But that's kind of how the Mona Lisa is. Sort of. It's sort of frowning. Regardless, they both turn you on. Is the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. M money just turns me on in general. Okay. 
Call me a pay pig. Well, we're also going to meet uh, Maria Teresa Fiorio. She's one of the invited scholars. Well, if you're a fucking curator for a gallery, for sure you have three names. Of course. She's from Milan. She's Italian. She says, I worked in the museums in the city of Milano. Mm. Uh, the first time I saw the Salvatore Monti was in London. I was particularly shocked by... By the way, she speaks in... Uh, uh, Italy voice. <laughs> Italy voice. She speaks with that fucking Italy fucking bullshit voice. So I'm just voice. assuming that this is how it would sound if it wasn't in uh, another language. It's not like New Jersey. It's not like Jersey Shore Italian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you. I was particularly was, shocked by the low. This was Salvador Monday. I fucking knew it. Uh, uh, no, but she's like, uh, she's like uh, Marissa Tomei. Yes. And, and fucking, fucking my cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny. <laughs> she says, I was particularly shocked by the low part of the painting because it's the part that's best conserved so my impression was it could be a Leonardo (laughs) but it's difficult to judge a painting in a conservation state that was so damaged to be honest (laughs) my time clock Martin Kemp Uh, I always have a uh, a magnifying glass with me yes which uh, may seem pretentious no but it actually serves me well in these circumstances yeah it means i can shut up and just get on with looking at something rather than having to ramble on about it so there's an amazing moment and okay you can just there's you no just moment ask, you just ask for a magnifying glass too so robert rambling says, on but he says so there's an amazing moment uh-huh. but then there's no fucking moment okay so robert says we didn't get an answer I didn't get a direct answer from them. Um, they were, I also knew not to insist. So director of the film, Andreas Koford, Koford, he says, so did you get to talk to all the scholars and did you ask them directly? Is it a Leonardo? He's asking Luke Sison. Right. He says, I sometimes think it's better to hear opinions over the course of a conversation. Okay. So there was certainly no moment where we voted or where I put up this question to people directly, okay. even though that's why they're fucking there. I guess, yeah. It was much more a kind of sense of whether what the response was. So there's an interesting directorial choice at this point. We see each of these experts just sort of looking at the camera in silence in silence, as okay. Luke is retelling this whole story. All right. Okay? So it kind of looks like they're possibly watching Luke, and they're reacting to what Luke said, how it okay. went down. Okay, sure, sure. He says, to me at least, the response in the room felt very positive. Because nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about. That's why. They gotta look to one person that like maybe kind of knows. And not only that, it's only the first inning of this shit, There you man. go. It's the first inning. There are certain players that yeah. could probably grease some Wild palms. pitch. <laughs> Wild pitch? Yeah. Paper pitch? Wild pitch. Go to the first base. The point is... Do not pass go. It felt as if there'd been that discovery was confirmed in a way and that this group of scholars was as excited as I had been. So Maria, she says, nobody asked me a formal opinion about the painting. I think we can go back to the sexy Italian <laughs> okay. accent for a second. It was just, I shouldn't say that, but and I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with the one okay, I was doing. S- the funny one's fine. Yeah. It was just, I shouldn't say a chat, but something like that. Now she's looking around, her eyeballs are darting and you're like, is she lying? Is she guilty? What the fuck's going on? Okay. So it's time to bring in the feds. 
Okay. What? I, it's fed time. It's fed time. I don't get it. Why? Because they it's always weird. know. It's weird shit to have to bring the feds in for. Well, we're going to meet no-nonsense fed Robert K. Whitman, uh, founder of the FBI art crime team. Uh, yep, okay. the ACT. As uh, if we needed more FBI departments. <laughs> Where do you think our tax go- dollars go? Uh, so he, he says this. So the scholars just brought it in for an afternoon to look at it? Uh, this guy already fucking talks like a cop, too, this piece of shit. I'm, surpr- I'm surprised he didn't, like, walk up to the painting, like, license and registration. Uh, Andrea says, brought it in, yes. And he says, they looked at it and said, looks good to me. And he's like, well, they were open to the fact that it was a Da Vinci. Did they name the scholars and say, these people authenticated the painting? I thought he was trying to solve a mystery right there. I thought he was ready to take somebody down. I hate this guy already. Uh, Yes. Uh, Oh, God. Yeah. There's a suspicious aspect to this. I agree. No, I'm talking to Robert. I know, I'm just saying, but like, I agree. But there is a suspicious aspect to it in that the provenance of the painting is very murky. It's ghost-like from where it came from. Hearing this motherfucker say, the provenance of the painting is... There's a question there. Okay. Well, Robert says maybe it was a week or a week and a half later, and the National Gallery called me to tell me that basically everybody had agreed that the picture was indeed by Leonardo. And uh, Alexander's happy too. This seems like a fucking scheme. He says this was the moment we had to say not only to each other, but to ourselves, this is real. This is really real. This is a Da Vinci, and we're currently the owners of it. We paid $1,000, and the first thing we're going to do is get good and fucking drunk and buy our own island and fuck hookers for the rest of our life. Okay. That's an exaggeration, obviously. Okay, I love it. I love it, though. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm down. I'm down. TV newscaster. Like, Okay. So, <laughs> theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. This was a Da Vinci. Yeah. Like, Okay. Let's the keep experts going. just I, said I want, it was. I want, I want to know the money. Let's keep going. Okay. Where can you keep going? I need to know the dollar amounts. Well, we're going to get there. I know we, we are. Hi- we got to hype shit up, though. I know we are. TV newscaster, how long would you wait to see an exhibition? These Da Vinci fans stood in the cold for hours. We see people lined up in sleeping bags waiting to get into the gallery to see this painting. Yep. And Diane says it's like watching your child go out into the world. And just hoping that they don't fall down, scrape their knee, that nobody hurts their feelings. <laughs> okay. Luke says, um, this is Leonardo's rediscovered Salvatore Monday that is astonishingly turned up in the United States of America. Well, well essentially, this painting did turn up like uh, a kid that was bullied in school, just stuck in a trash can somewhere. Yeah, it was painted. Painted over. He was varnished. His pubes <laughs> on his face. Surprising it didn't have a wet top portion for the what for the what is it called the, the swirly the painting literally has a wedgy piece of underwear on it yeah. it's been abused yeah um so at this point the headlines uh from the london exhibition go wild okay and uh, and where is it being it's being uh in, in london the yeah, the Na- we're gonna okay. call it the nash the nash it's a free nash that's how much tickets go for 250 dollars. 400 okay Pretty good. Um, we hear the following Less statements. than an Oilers game. <laughs> we hear the following statements. It sort of seduces your soul. It's calming just to be near it. 
finding a Leonardo is not something you can do every day. It's being called the greatest exhibition of all time. Okay, dude. Come on. So the director says I saw Body Works. You can't tell. And What's I saw Body Works. Body Works is the saw the fucking hot shop that just opened? No. <laughs> no, it's the it's like the it's like a it's like bot like real actual bodies. Oh yeah, that it was they, in like, show Yes. Yeah, and apparently, yeah, I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently, a lot you can go lick the blood, no, and if there's coke in it, it'll get you high. No, okay. but apparently, like a lot of these bodies, like came from China, and apparently, like they kind of, they kind of maybe potentially took the H H Holmes uh-huh. version of this, and instead of like getting shitty bodies that died naturally and yeah. displaying them, they made they're all. They may have gotten some fresh bodies. They're all children that live not under children, the, Getty, the Getty Center. Not children, <laughs> but it's uh, but maybe some uh, slaves. Yeah. that hey died unfortunately. Dude, if you're gonna do a, a body exhibition, you got to do it right. Yeah. I don't want to see groupie grandma grandma tits. Yeah, I want right? to see fresh perky. <laughs> I want to see the inside of fresh perky, perky tits. tits. I want to see the fat. <laughs> I want to see the gray fat. I want to see the cancer. Like growing in her tits. That's grandma. You don't want cancer grandma tits. No, I want fresh cancer on like a 25-year-old. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, the director uh, asks um, one of the um, scholars, so they presented it as a Leonardo. Yeah. (laughs) That was Maria. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, okay, so that was their own decision? Yeah. We found it as Leonardo in the <laughs> exhibition. <laughs> I love this girl even more now that she's just like a fucking bully Italian. Well, Andreas, he says, and again, he's speaking off screen to Luke, and Luke's biting his lips and moving his tongue around in his mouth. More signs that don't match up. You're like, this yeah. is weird. He says, well, before the exhibition, the National Gallery makes a press release where it's described as a sort of test. Okay. But when the exhibition opens, the painting is labeled as a full autographed Leonardo. Why this difference? Okay. Well, we... Full autographed Leonardo means like you see the signature and everything. I don't think that's what it means. Oh, okay. Because if it was autographed, none of this shit would have been going down anyway. It would have been like, oh, it's a fucking Leonardo. We know what a signature looks like. Yeah, yeah. Well... Oh, I know what it means. Wow. That's when they put it on the wall and it says Leonardo autographed on the little placard. Oh. Okay. So we see the label from the National Gallery and it reads Leonardo da Vinci, 1452 to 1519, Salvatore Mundi, uh, 1510, oil. Why do they call it Salvatore Mundi again? Savior of the world, bro. That's like the name. Okay. Yeah. That's what Jesus Christ was. But when they say it's a Mundi. Mundi like- is fucking Latin for world. Interesting. Salvatore is not just like, hey, Sal, what are you doing? I know it's that, but, but I just thought, like, is it like a genre of images? Yo, there's tons of saviors of the world. Got it. So, yes. It yeah. was, I remember this term, Salvador yeah. Mundi. So there have been Mundis created yeah, by yeah, yeah, many, yeah. many people. Yeah, yeah. Well, Luke says, so putting attributed to or ascribed to or possibly by or one of these phrases would I think have been to distort my own view. And to really, in a way, confuse the issue still further that this was the lost picture by Leonardo of the Salvatore Mundi. I felt the National was in good place to put this picture on view. And I have to say, had I felt anything differently at that point, we would have made a very different decision. Now, at this point, I'm going, sure, you fucking would. Yeah. I see these assholes lined up in their sleeping bags. You're right. getting 400 bucks a ticket for them. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's time to meet another. And those are just the homeless people outside of Yeah. 
they're they're not even going in. They're just holding the place in line exactly. for people. So let's meet Frank Zollner. He's uh, uh, from Leipzig. Uh, he's another Da Vinci expert. And he says, my name's Frank Zollner. I'm working on Renaissance art. Uh, I've worked on, you know, Leonardo, Michelangelo. Uh, I saw the Salvatore at the uh, exhibition in London. My first impression basically was, okay, this is an interesting painting, but there's something very strange. For example, the curls of his hair are very schematic. And the blessing hand, that's the fucking hand, the right hand, um, uh, the flesh tones look like a pupil to me. And then you have this overall aura, the overall light. It's something which is very, very good. But this is exactly the part which has been restored. Okay. Okay? So this is a paradoxical situation. You have the old parts of the painting, which are original. These are by pupils. And you have the new part of the painting, which looks like Leonardo, but they're by the restorer. In some ways, it's a masterpiece by Diane Modestini. (laughs) <laughs> Interesting. So Diane says, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I, I can't paint like Leonardo. I mean, it's flattering, but it's absurd. And, you know, Frank says, I think she's done a great job uh, as a painter. But one can ask if maybe she's overdone it. I think it's more Leonardo-esque than Leonardo had wait, done. Wait, wait, wait. So she actually, like... She didn't just restore or she like retouched fucking also. retouched it yeah Aww. so i'm scam, thinking to myself fucking scam i'm thinking to myself at this point let's go back to the lip fucking scam and that imperceptible line yeah maybe she's just fucking imperceptibly drew the yeah. fucking shit herself exactly because That's why now. we got to turn this thousand dollars into more than a thousand dollars yeah she's like well we have like we've been waiting for like this canvas this paint that like, we've been waiting for this so that she can go in and fucking do her magic it's very possible. Yeah. And that's what you're going to have to decide as we go through this process. Wow. Not just you, but our listeners. Yeah. You need to start thinking when, about this. When did the doc come out? 2021. Okay. Well, it's time to meet Jacques Franck. Jacques. Jacques. I prefer Jacques. Franck. He's a painter and Da Vinci expert. And he says, well, to me, the work is not by Leonardo. Because I don't recognize this technique. What struck me first was the hand... Because the lifted fingers were absolutely wrong, because notably this one, because it seems to rotate over itself. Now, what I'm doing right now, Dave, yes, is I I'm literally taking my uh, middle finger, yeah, and I'm I'm grabbing it right over my pointer finger, right, my index finger. Yeah, you're making a cross at an awkward angle, very awkward, which is unnatural, right? It's so like bent, sort of like correct, like or yeah, I get it. <clears throat> But that's what it does, and it crosses over. So, you know, his whole point is because the lifted fingers were absolutely wrong, because notably this one, because it seems to rotate over itself, which is impossible. Right. Well, everybody knows Leonardo studied anatomy extensively. So imagine that. Such a work led him to paint wrong hands. Right. Can't be thought everybody, about. Everybody talks about how difficult it is to paint hands. It's unthinkable. Dude, did you know that he would actually get... Uh, he, he worked... Somebody scored him a chopped off arm is what I'm trying to get Sick. to. I did a little digging. 
Nice. And so he'd be like, dude, I want to paint an, a, a, a hand. You know who wasn't digging? What? The guy who was missing that arm. <laughs> so he would get fresh ones. Yeah. And just study them. Like H.H. H. Holmes. Yes. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Yes. What if he's a joker? You know, what maybe that this supposed to mean? No, maybe it's so obvious that you oh. can't do that. He's drawing attention to it. And saying maybe it's some satanic shit that he's doing, buddy. I think it's more about the Da Vinci Code, okay. and he's saying this is the bloodline of Christ or some shit like that. And maybe wow, that's the, the inside Ma- joke. Oh, the Merovingian line yes, you're talking about. Yes. Anyway, Frank says we need a little distance to judge this painting. Attribution issues are not decided in one or in ten years; they're decided in twenty or thirty. Yeah, and. It, may turn out that in 50 years time people say okay how can these idiots in the early 21st century see this as a leonardo painting well andreas says there's been a lot of noise and so on how has it been for you to go through that he's asking luke the uh, curator of the gallery he says fine now again he has this smug smile on his face and he looks to the right of the camera okay for some reason so you're just getting this weird vibe yeah that maybe this guy's in on something Right. Well, we see a newspaper headline that reads, the curator's attribution helped achieve a world record price for the painting. Got it. So, obviously. Andrea says, what do you feel is at stake for you personally in this case? And again, he's asking Luke. And he says, nothing. Now here, he looks directly at the camera as he says this, but then quickly looks to the right again. So, anyway, uh, Andrea says, no. And he says, you're not going to get anywhere. Sorry. And he's very red-faced at this point. Okay. He's nervous and he's, he's shaking his head. So Andre says, okay. And then there's a, you hear a woman off screen. And for some reason, she says, that's a fair answer, I think. And I'm like, whoa, is it, we had a deposition here? Is that a lawyer? But we don't know. Whoa. But clearly, somebody was like being sketchy as fuck in the background, basically saying, you can say this, you can say this, but you can't say that. Well, huh. back to Kenny Schachter. He's this badass New York art, art critic. Probably looks like he used to like listen to the Stooges and fucking hang out in the Bowery. And he says... Why wouldn't you watch the Stooges instead? Different Stooges, but... How is it? Yeah, everyone in this country, and I guess the world talks about fake news uh, and all lies and politics and all the hypocrisy that you see. But the thing is, what scares people the most in my business is the truth. Right. What's the real reason that the National Museum would show this painting? Simple. Unfortunately, it's to boost the visitors. Money laundering. They have no right to exhibit a painting that hasn't been 150% scrutinized and vetted uh, that it purports to be. And in this case, that painting was nowhere near the stage of uh, authentication where it would be warranted to be exhibited in such a tremendously reputable and influential museum. It's just not right. I mean, whenever there's a lot of money involved, the world becomes a bunch of worms intertwined when you pick up a rock. Very big directorial choice at this point in the movie. Okay. He, the director? Worms and rocks? He inserts worms mm. into the film. Just a shot of worms. It kind of breaks the, the tone stupid. of the film. Come on. But he really wanted to underscore that point. There was no doubt in anyone's mind where this painting was ultimately going to end up, which is for sale. Part two. Okay. The money game. Title card up. I'm hoping it was the money shot. 
Uh, it's interesting you say that uh, because we're doing Pornhub, uh, the money shot, uh, next week. Wow. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm down. Okay. That'll be a fun one. Yep. Well, are you ready to meet Warren Adelson? Warren, let's hear. Let's, uh, let's well, let me meet. describe him first. Okay. He's kind of hoity-toity. He's yeah. kind of like the stuffed shirt type. Uh-huh. Um, Wait, what's a stuffed shirt? It's what we describe pretentious people as. Hmm. Like stuffy. Yeah, you've never heard stuff. No, I've never shirt. heard the term stuff. Sure, I'm much younger than you. Okay, and better and better looking. Okay, well, I'm Warren Adelson. Oh, you know, <laughs> and I've been an art dealer for most of my adult life. Thanks, I hate you. <laughs> my first encounter was was at lunch with Bob, mm. <laughs> and I was grinning, and he was grinning. I'm grinning. <laughs> And I said, what's with you? Oh, God. What's are, are going these, on with you? Are all, these, are all of them gay? I, I don't know if he's gay. Yeah. Does he, do I sound gay right You're now? You're making him, each one of them sound a he, certain gay way. He said, I've got to tell you, nobody knows this, but we just had this picture by Leonardo in London at the National, and it's been authenticated. Oh, God. <laughs> and I said, wow, can I see a picture of it? <laughs> and he showed me a photograph of it. Oh, did he? I thought it was incredible. Well, I thought, what? So this guy calls actual pictures pictures now, too? Yes. What the fuck, man? <laughs> what is he calling? Photographs? These fucking, these <laughs> cocksuckers. I, I can't said, use the same word. I said, you know, maybe there's a role for me here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I bet. I have a history, as you know, of selling expensive pictures. Ugh. Yuck. Well, Robert says, so Warren became our partner. Well, Andreas, the director, says, when you had to figure out the price, how did you come about that? And Bob says, I came up, certainly, we came up with an idea that it was, well, you know, worth more than $200 million. Oh, <laughs> how convenient. <laughs> You know, the desire, of course, was not to put it on the market, essentially. The desire was uh, for it to be acquired by a museum. So at this point, I'm thinking, oh, these are good guys. They're just going to, it's like Indiana Jones. It belongs to a museum. Yeah. Uh, No. No. That means fucking pony up the cash, museum people. Yes. You're not going to just, now, some some paintings, you know, if it's fucking appraised at a really high value and it's just not bringing any money in. And you just, you fucking dish that shit off like during a bad year. Yeah, and write and it off. Write that shit off. Yeah. Because we all know all the appraisals bullshit. Of course. I mean, look, if, let, let's just assume it is a Da Vinci. Okay. <laughs> it's a Da Vinci, Let's just bro. assume it's a fucking he, Da Vinci. They're saying it's a Vinci. You're saying, <laughs> you're telling me that it's it's a quarter it's a quarter of the price of the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. It's a Da Vinci. It's a Vinci. And it's been fucking... It's not a Da Vinci. It's a Vinci. Yeah. And it, it's been restorationed. Uh-huh. And it's Rest- been... Or restored. Yeah. It's been restored. It's been pa- painted over. Doesn't uh-huh. have a signature. Can't be authenticated. But you wanted to make it... And I'm not and I'm not saying... I'm not... Sli- it worked I'm, up. I'm, well, I'm not saying this to like slight yeah. the price uh-huh. of like uh, $200 million like no, if it's a fucking Da Vinci, like in with none of those things, how can you make it a quarter of the of the price of the Mona Lisa? That's outrageous. It needs to be worth way less than that. I would agree. Yeah, but that's even not if how, it is a Da Vinci, but that's not how the game. It's a hundred million Da Vinci. All right. Okay. Well, Warren, Warren says I made an attempt <laughs> to yeah. sell the Did painting to museums. I bet. I'm from Boston. Yes. <laughs> Of course, I went to Boston. Where nobody goes to fucking museums, those fucking idiots out there. 
I was close to the Houston Museum through my great friend Meredith Long. I tried the Dallas Museum, and the painting was there for nine months, and they tried to raise the money. Uh, so why didn't they buy it? Well, Bob says it was completely an issue of inability to raise the sufficient funds right. to acquire it. So let's go to Berlin in 2012. We meet Bernd Leindman, who is Ooh. the director of the German Gallery. Sounds sounds cool. I have a, pr- a note here of how to uh, pronounce this museum. Right. It's pronounced Gamel Gamelda Gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, the RG RG <laughs> Gamelda Gallery. <laughs> My name is Bernd Leindman. I was the director, not of- the guy who played. The guy from Rocky, right? The Russian dude. What's that guy's name? That's Ivan Drago. No, I know, but what's his real name? Bert? Uh, no, it's Dol- not Bert. Dolph. <laughs> Dolph. <laughs> it's Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren. Um, sounds, sounds cool, cool, sounds cool. I was the director of the Gemälde Gallery here in Berlin. One day, I got a phone call. It was a dealer, and he said he has something which could be interesting for the Gemälde Gallery. Well. That was the painting. Most of the painting is a remake. And this was for me, the argument to say, no, this is not a painting for the Gamalda Gallery. I was surprised to see the painting in the exception at uh, the National Gallery in London. It is a problematic painting. Ah. And I think it's not the role of serious museum to present a painting which is so heavily discussed. Not disgusted. But discussed. Just, just like talked about? Talked about. Well, Warren says... Like in a negative way. Yeah. Warren it's says... It's like talked about like... It was very frustrating. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I really wanted that $200 million and the commission from it. So like, well, here's what's about. frustrating about it. <laughs> here's what's frustrating. I felt I had the rarest painting in the world yeah, uh-huh. by the greatest artist in the world. <laughs> I bet. And I couldn't sell it. No, because it's <laughs> fucking bullshit. <laughs> okay he does this weird laugh at the end of it and you're just like all right warren well kenny my favorite new york critic says there's so many issues there are red flags popping up kenny salt no okay kenny schachter schachter da vinci paints on wood yes when he's making these paintings he's a perfectionist Mm -hmm. he's not gonna paint it on a piece of shit wood with a big knot right in the middle which inherently makes a painting unstable how do they know there's a big knot in the middle they like they took it apart and they just turned it around to fucking see the thing on the back good point now to my knowledge i would assume a knot is eventually going to dry out and then you know you poke your finger through it yeah and then it pops out so but I mean, even you think for like if he was running a workshop or something. Like, no, dude, you don't teach your pupils to grab bad wood. You only work it's good wood. But it's like I mean, how how easy was it to get processed wood back then? It's like, fucking wood. Yeah. They didn't have processed wood. You just yeah. you find you cut a tree down. You're like, oh, it's got a knot in it. Go to the next fucking tree. No, no, yes, dude. yes. To get to for 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 oh. for like canvas wood. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. all pressed, do you think? I mean, it's got not pressed, but I mean, it's got to be like Keep something. in mind, it's just a couple of feet by a couple of feet. Yeah, I mean, it's. I understand it's small, but it, still. Let me put it to you this way. Uh. That's not the way I would work. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. So anyway. I thought you were going to bring up like a fucking, uh, like a wooden carved letter of the letter i like no. a carved le- like would i i oh, mean if God. i was a prop podcaster huh. i would go there yeah now 
he continues and he Care says, prop. Da Vinci just doesn't work that way. No. He says, the Da Vinci, I, like the Nash. <laughs> the Nash. Da Vinci. I mean, the joke circulating around the contemporary art world was that this painting was a contemporary painting because 90% of it was painted within the last 10 years yeah. during the restoration yeah, process. Yeah, by the fucking, uh, the chick. The Modestini. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's like, uh, she's mucking it up with all her... Well, Diane is going to defend herself here, and she is on a site at a chateau in France, mm. and she says, Mario and I had a house in southeast of Florence uh, that we restored together. It's bittersweet because there are so many memories and so many ties. And then she picks up a little painting, and she goes, Mario used to use these little you know, small boards to paint on. Oh, that's one of his right there. That's a picture he painted. Uh, I think that's Mario. Maybe it's me. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, time out, sweetheart. <laughs> what are you talking about? Hold on here. You're going to say the Da Vinci is a Da Vinci, yeah. and you can't remember 20 years ago whether this is your fucking painting yeah. or Mario's? Yep. Smells bullshit. Well, <clears throat> she says when she met him, she never painted, uh-huh. and she taught him how to draw, to paint. He taught her how to draw. Correct. Okay. Um, she says, now I know there are rumors that I was part owner of the picture, but that's not true. People think that because my husband was, well, he absolutely did own shares in pictures all the time because Mario was a dealer. Right. He worked with the best dealers. Right. That's why I have money, pictures, things. No, Mario bought pictures and shares with dealers. But he was such a great connoisseur, apart from being a restorer, that he was so valuable to them. But it was the top of the top. But I'm not a dealer, you know. Art dealers, the whole art world is very tricky. Yeah. You know, and it's not, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not. She a kind, seems dis- disheveled. I'm not a tricky person. Yeah. She seems, okay. She seems, uh, you know, I, visibly. I, yeah. I would never get into that. Never. Audibly. And I certainly didn't have anything to do with this. And then the director says, and why do you say it was more than just a restoration? I was involved with the whole process of attributing the painting and being a spokesperson Uh, for the picture, which I did because I absolutely believe in it. I said to Robert one day, I don't know how to charge you for this. It's more than just a restoration. He said, when we sell it, he said, you know, I'll give you what, you know, I believe you deserve. So there's no like fixed percentage for you. And she says it was never fixed. He paid me generously, generously. Mm. But yeah, it's never fixed. Interesting. Sketchy. Uh, Let's go to Geneva 2013. Uh, our, our man from B of A, Evan Beard says, you know, Geneva historically is a place you go to disappear. Yeah. Uh, also, they sign treaties there, from what I know. <laughs> right. And, and they, conventions. And they uh, collide uh, <laughs> particles there, too. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, Beard says, this is a place where, you know, nations come to negotiate peace treaties. This is a place where diplomats and intelligence agents go to have a neutral territory. Mm. And this is also a place where businessmen are able to run sensitive operations in a low-voltage, safe environment. So huh. the painting is sold to Yves Bouvier. 
No He's re- Bouvier. No this... relation to Jackie. No. You ready to meet old Bouvier? Sure. Well, this fucker shows up on a unicycle. Oh, God. And I'm like, what is this, Man, man on a Wire Part yeah. 2? what is this? He's running around on a unicycle in a parking lot, and he's like, I am not scared. It's actually the concentration that makes it work. I like speed. But I never dreamt of going to the moon or becoming an art dealer. I did have this kind of dream. Uh, so wait. Yeah. Did he <clears throat> go to the moon? No. Okay. Is he an art dealer? <laughs> no, but I think he had a dream of going to the moon. Got it. Anyway. Uh, an art writer named Alexander Bergman, she pops in and she says, there are many versions of Yves Bouvier. And the more I have gotten to know him, the less I think I know him. Well, we also meet an investigative journalist from Geneva by the name of Antoine Harari. And she says, the Bouvier affair was a bit of the elephant in the room for investigative journalists in Switzerland. And we're able to get access to a lot of court documents and that enabled us to build a narrative, a storyline that was as close to the truth as we could have. Well, Evan says Yves Bouvier is a quiet guy who I think at the time you probably would not have said this is a major player in the art world, but he played a major role. He meets a Russian transplant Mm -hmm. who really exiles himself in Geneva. Now, this is Mr. Dmitry Robolov. Okay. Robolov. 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 (laughs) So, (laughs) Yves, he says he was only interested in exceptional artists and masterpieces. Okay. (laughs) His rule and choice was, I want the top ones. Yeah. He told me that he saw a photo of the painting and that he liked it and wanted to buy it. I started to investigate the painting. Nobody wanted it. So I told him via email, of course, dear Dimitri, do not buy this painting. It will never be a good investment. There are major issues. The restoration took many years. It has been restored for five years. That's a very long time. There was this issue that Miss Modestini had financial interest in the sale. Right. The face was almost non-existent. The actual original portrait of the painting was very small. The price, 200 million. The fact that this price was too high would make him laughingstock of the art market. Best regards, Yves Bouvier. I wasn't comfortable with the painting. It's like selling a car that's been in an accident. And then the director says, but you sold it anyway. <laughs> and he's like, well, <laughs> well, it was certified. I had no choice. I mean, what it's a, a crash car is still a car. It's still a steering wheel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it did come with value. Did come with uh, uh, half a tank of gallon of gas. It's a good car. Yeah. So he says, if the client wants it and is warned about everything in the end i said if you really want it i'll get it for you i asked the bees to find the punting so we could sign a contract with the owners of the punting allowing me to buy and sell it later well warren says we we were contacted by some of bees about a client they had yeah this is all this is all 135 percent money laundering well, who's doing the laundering? Yeah, I mean, at this point, okay, this is what I have a feeling this is what we're going to get into, sort of, and we're going to uh-huh. find the different actors here. But this, you're gonna, you're you're chasing ghosts when you're trying to figure out where 
and how the money is coming from. It comes the it's set up by the by the um the what's the word that I'm looking for? Like the CIA? No. Uh, the queen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's set up by like the complex. Um the place military the, industrial complex? No, just like the place, the the system, the the in the economy of the thing. The like global a, the global underground no, dark money no. market? It comes from the businesses. Okay. The museums, the oh, things. Oh, got it. <clears throat> all the all the institutions. The, the institutions. Work, it, it's an institutional thing. It all works from within. It's all garbage and bullshit. Uh-huh. And they set up fake people. Not uh-huh. fake, like this person so on this Yves side. And this is person. a plant for the uh Probably. No. Uh, He's Yves, Yves might be one of the people that's like trying to clean the money, help clean the money. And he'll make it in I'm gonna somewhere tell you else what, on the back. You're on the right track. I'm telling you, man. Okay. Well, Eve says, I had a meeting with this uh, Mr. Robolev in his new apartment in one of the most prestigious buildings in Central Park. He wanted to talk about the Salvatore Monday. So the brings, it brings the punting over. I surprise him. I open the black house and take the punting out. I put on the chair and I ask him, is this the punting you want? Right. He is hypnotized by this punting that he loves so much. I ask do you want to buy it for 120 million? He says yes. yes. All I had left for me to do was to finalize my purchase together with Sotheby's. Oh, so so that's the that's the price 120 one, for 120. For he the, says for the for the one we're talking he says about. Says they will you want to purchase for 120? Okay. And together with Sotheby's, we invite the owners of the Pantin to Paris. Uh-huh. And before we uh, uh okay, so at this point. Warren Adelstein, Adelson is on screen and he's watching the footage of Eve's tell this whole story. Okay? Mm. So it's a really weird directorial choice. Anyway, uh, and okay. to lead the negotiation, I hire a friend of mine who is a former poker player. Uh, Why? Huh? Because a poker player knows how to read the opponent. Well, this can be this can be your future job. He knows how to negotiate. That's why you got you got so excited with when this. When to push? Yeah. When to stop. Yeah, you know, you know. This is a fallacy in the gambling world. What's that? Poker players, yes, are often said to have supernatural powers right. of reading people, right? Which are known as live tells. Yes. In the business. I uh, apparently have a lot of them. You have a ton. Yes. Live tells are extremely visible and um, populated in the lower stakes game of card players. Right. When you're a professional poker player, you do not show live tells. Right. Sure. There are things you can't control, like your carotid artery uh, pumping, especially when you're bluffing. It's a huge <laughs> one. Okay. That's why you gotta you gotta do the the you neck cover covering up, thing. You cover up the neck. You put a hoodie on or whatever. <laughs> but it is a very large fallacy when it comes to the large stakes poker games. These people know what they're doing, and they certainly aren't um, doing the things you see at the lower stakes game. Right. So the last person I would take to with me would be a fucking poker player. Okay. Okay. I would get an FBI intelligence officer right. that was uh, a pro with people lying and body language experts. I they are say. they are good at at uh, telling lies, which would make sense why they're good at 
figuring out if people are telling lies. Are you talking about poker players? I'm talking about FBI agents. Correct. Now, the other problem with the poker uh, uh, poker player is very good pros. They use what are called reverse tells. So they will trick. Yeah, trick the tell into making you think it's a tell. Correct. It's multiple level thinking is what we refer to. Yeah. It's the. You turn the gong around on them. Well, it's the classic. You gong them before they gong you. Level one is what are my cards? Level two is what does my opponent think my cards are? Yes. Level three is what do my opponents think I think their cards are? And you can do this all the way until the end of time going to the top. My point is. Yahweh. I ain't fucking reading Mike Caro's book Yowie. of tells to go right. negotiate a fucking painting for right. $120 million. Well, if you're making I'm getting a fucking fat. If you're making $120,000, though, you're gone. Oh, he's going to make more than that. Ooh. So Warren says part of the agreement in the sale was that I'm not supposed to talk about the trip to Paris. Oh, uh, this guy's <laughs> so fucking like, he's so excited. I got Paris. Eve says, we knew that the painting was up for sale and that no one wanted to buy it. When the dealer comes all the way to Paris to spend a romantic weekend uh, with his wife, <laughs> he is uh, dead if he does not make a deal. <laughs> he yeah. negotiated the price at $83 million. Again, we see Warren watching and listening to the same thing we are. Now, it That's is sold. crazy. So we have our first increase in price. Okay. We go from $1,175 sure. to $83 million. Yeah, seems a little less than $200 million considering you think it's a fucking Da Vinci. We'll get there. We're getting there. I could say that I was glad it was finally over. Yeah. <laughs> it was very trying and difficult. And I'm really glad I got back. And the best thing I could say about it was it was over. Yeah, great. (laughs) We were paid the next day. Wow. And from that point of view, it was cleaned up. (laughs) Okay. Cleaned up. I don't know what that means. (laughs) He says it twice and neither do I. It looks scary. (laughs) Well, Eve says... I think they were very happy that someone bought this panting at the price. Uh, but for all we know, mm-hmm. like in the official books mm-hmm. of what insurance companies look at mm-hmm. and the Yari, whoever the fucks need to look yeah. at, it's a Da Vinci and it sold for 84 mil. 83. 83 mil. Uh-huh. And it can be... Here's the thing. There's no be, book where they write in, it's a Da Vinci. Um, <laughs> if it's not a Da Vinci, you get your money back. No, 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 a, no, 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 no. But yeah. what I'm saying is it, it can now be essentially insured Correct. for a shit ton of money. Correct. Okay. That's all so, I need to know. Eve says, I think they were very happy that someone bought the price that they wanted. You are always the buyer or seller for someone, and they are professionals. They couldn't have regretted selling the panting. The same evening, I sold the panting to Mr. Rabolalavav to his financial advisor, Mr. Sanzanov. But wait, there's more. Say it again. Keep going, keep going. So Eve bought the painting for $83 million. And then he says the same evening, I sold the painting to the Russian Dmitry Rabolalav. For he working on there. Okay, okay, okay. Through his financial advisor, okay. Mr. Sanzanov. Okay. Well, the sick. In, the investigative reporter. So, which makes you think this is all already planned? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Antoine Harari. So now we're creating a second layer of money laundering uh-huh. to wash your clean money. Uh-huh. Continue. Investigative reporter Antoine Harari says Yves Bouvier is trying to convince Mike Sazanov. And he's reading, he holds up an email and he says, Bouvier, hello, Mike. The first price I got, oh, I got to do the French, dude. Okay. The first price I got was 150 million. I don't want to get the price wrong and I need more time and information. Regards, Yves. What he omits to say is that he already bought it. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, the email negotiation later on was, in fact, just a business game. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? A business game. What do you mean? B- game. A business game. game. A business game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I wasn't sure if you were saying scam. No, it's a gum. Gum. A okay. business gum. <laughs> got it, got it. <laughs> Investigative journalist Harari continues, Eve says, 90 is not an option. Uh, they don't want to lower the price. I get a 10% discount if we buy immediately, 135 million. We must close the deal tonight or we might lose it. Other top collectors are interested. It must be an important private museum. <laughs> we no. need to get uh, Robolev to increase his offer. Sansonov responds, you can go up to $135 million, But try to push it down. How about 120 Eves? It's a tough negotiation. But I'm fighting and taking the time I need. I'm offering 120 now. Uh, so you continue? Uh, yes, but I offered 125. <laughs> Are we really good? Really is 130. But Are that... we good? Uh, done at 127.5. Terribly difficult, but it's a very good deal for the masterpiece by Leonardo. So one, so 127.5 is what he's trying to get. Correct. So he went from 120 to 127.5 in the matter of how long? Uh, half a second of conversations okay, after he says you can go to 120, but not <laughs> any higher. So okay, okay, okay. <laughs> So he he wants to get it. He wants it. Right. He but wants it at this one. is Antoine telling the story. So he says that entire negotiation between Sanzanov and Yves is bullshit. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all bullshit. But so, did, uh, yeah, because he's it's it's all bullshit because it's... He already bought it for 83. Laundering. But, but uh, the, the point that I was trying to get, mm-hmm. does it ever say how much Yves is worth? We'll get there. Okay. So Yves says... I was nice because he was ready to pay 130. I gave him a discount at 127.5. He would pay soon. Now, as he says this, he just goes, ha ha ha. So <clears throat> you went from 83 to 127.5 million right? in the matter of a day. Yes. You gained you 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 got about 40 mil. Correct. After it's all said and done. Correct. Well, a little bit more. Well, but but hold on. The Okay, so he didn't sell it to the highest bidder. Sotheby's sold yes. it to what they thought was the highest bidder, which okay. was um, uh, somebody. Yes, that was the Eves was representing. Okay, so at that point, Eve says, "I'm representing a buyer." Okay, we are willing to pay one twenty-seven point five eighty-three million. Eighty-three million. They buy it is it for eighty three million, but creates this entire fake exchange okay. between Robolev's assistant and himself after okay. he bought it for eighty three million. Okay, 
Georgina Adam. I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting says it. at this point, Bouvier has made this really quite extraordinary markup of forty-seven point five million on a transaction that took him less than two days. Yes, and then so yes, go it's on. extraordinary and it's completely unheard of in the art world. So, you're curious about Bouvier. I'm curious about Bouvier. Well, we see him walking around this industrial shipping center. There's, you know, containers, shit like that outside. And then he says, this is the new part, the new part of the Freeport. Natural La Couture has a lot of storage here and over there and below in the Basement. Well, Eves inherited a shipping business from his father. But Eves realized that there was increasing demand for places to store high-value goods. So he expanded his business by creating armored warehouses generally within the perimeter of an airport. These are called free ports. Yeah. The Geneva free port is supposed to hold literally billions of dollars worth of art. Well, we already brought in the feds. Now we got to bring in the CIA. Right. Let's meet CIA operative Doug Patterson. My name's Doug. I'm a former clandestine service officer with the CIA. The history of the Salvatore Mundi and how it's grown in value is opening eyes to how money can be moving in different ways through the free port system. A free port is a tax-free haven uh-huh. where these wealthy people will often keep items secret from tax authorities. So objects can be bought and sold within a free port. Oh yeah. But no taxes apply because the objects well and they're also considered still in transit. In transit. Got it. So sick. Yes. Fucking cocksuckers. We need a free port, bro. We need them. We need we, we need, to need start, our own free port. We need to start <laughs> free porting. So portants people shit. Uh then we uh ease he shows us the showrooms. He's like, these are the showrooms. A client arrives with a dealer or restorer by him or herself, and pieces are displayed here. This inside of this Freeport looks like a James Bond villain set. Okay? Picture marble slab Sick. at these weird fucking angles, huge murals in basements, nice. and just cold darkness. Wow. And Georgina Adams says one of the things that we've really observed recently is that paintings are increasingly being used as collateral for loans, right. bank loans. Mm-hmm. Well, Evan Beard, he's the guy at Bank of America. It's all a racket. He says a whole infrastructure has sprung up around this that allows you, the collector, who put millions of dollars into your art, you could keep your art within the Freeport facility get the capital you have invested in the art out of there and redeploy the capital. Yep. Well, Robert of the FBI says, it's not about art and love. It's about money. Yeah. It's about transferring funds. Yeah. Well, let's meet Bruce LaMarche. He's an associate of Yves. Let me just put it this way. Yeah. If you wanted to take Uh $100,000 from LA to Texas. Yeah. Without driving it. Yep. You know how hard it is? I mean, you could use Bitcoin. You, you can do Bitcoin. But it's, it could still be tracked, I guess. Yeah. Like, like, you can't take cash. They'll take, they'll just take your cash. They won't even, right. they'll just be like, that's sketchy. You can't have $100,000 on you. Goodbye. Correct. Correct. Or if you walk in with uh, whatever, $100,000 of gold, even. 
That's why it's we're going to get to the gold. Perfect with the with we're going to get to the, the paintings. All right, let's get back to Lamarche. Okay. All right, yeah. You see this guy. He's a business associate of Eve's. He's smoking a fat cigar, looking at famous artwork in his little den. There's pop art. There's a Lichtenstein in there. Uh, there's a Mel Ramos, one of the Havana cigar ads, you know, with the naked women. And he says, there's one thing that you cannot remove from human beings. Greed. Ha. Ah. If you sit on valuable goods and you don't trust your own country because, you know, the fiscal guys are on your back, why not store it in the free port and store it in a so-called whatever safe? If taxes were reasonable, people would not have to play this game. Right. Well, Good point. Is that the Fed saying that? No, no that's this oh, other yeah. guy who Bruce uses... It's the LaMarche. Yeah, yeah, LaMarche. He fucking uses <laughs> the free ports that he's, you know... It almost looks like it's a room that he hangs out in inside the free port. Yeah. A smoking lounge. Yeah, it's like this fucking little... Dude, when you're rich, bro, come on! It's like, Imagine, we're living in Long Beach. You're living in Long yeah. Beach. And you... Just go to some billionaire's fucking Freeport. Yeah. Like a couple miles away and all of a sudden. Zero like, problem with that. Like you just, you can essentially kill a hooker there. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody would ever know. But I can go out. join my art and let it yeah. uh, just keep continuing to. I know it's not like sovereign land. It's not like an Indian it's reservation. It pretty much is sovereign but land. But it sort of is. Yeah. Well, Georgina Adams, the art journalist we were talking about earlier, she says, you know, there is this saying that after drugs and prostitution, the art market is the most unregulated market in the world. Yes, for those exact reasons. Because all the banks are in on it. Yeah, but see, banks can uh, loan out against art. They can't loan out against drugs. Well, actually, they know HSBC did. Um, <laughs> did they really? I didn't even know that. Is that why they went under? Yeah. I didn't even know that. They That's were hilarious. connected with all Opiates? the fuck. No, fucking cocaine. Wow. Down cocaine. in um, uh, like Mexico. Nic Nicaragua? Somewhere in Southern America. Huh. The drug dealers would just bring in bags of cash and they were like, oh, what's that from? And they were like, oh, you know, I sell or I grow walnuts in my backyard. Yeah, and they were yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it in. Yeah. Bring it in. $13 billion. <laughs> exactly. So it's a very opaque world in which you very often don't know who owns something, how much it's worth, who's buying it, or who's selling it. Well, back to Robert K. Whitman, your favorite Fed. Most of the transactions are very dark. It's another avenue to store money. It's the last vestiges of the wild, wild west. And now it's the wild, wild east. Oh, He's fucking, How did he come up with that doozy? <laughs> He's fucking feds. They're not so great with their fucking metaphors, yeah, are they? Yeah. Evan Beard, he says, Russia in the 1990s is the Wild West. <laughs> yeah, man. And this is also a time where businessmen had an opportunity to become absorbently wealthy by taking ownership in the transitioning of bureaus that became businesses. So yeah. out of this, because this is... No, 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 I just laughed. Sorry, you can continue. I just laughed because the cat went like this. We it guys, spread, we have we have it spread its fucking legs out, dude. We had a flying like, cat, <laughs> and we just had to relocate it. And I just pushed it off the table, and all of a sudden, Dave's lights will light up, and I'm like, "Oh my god, did I kill mom?" <laughs> no, she's man. fine. She's fine. She's fine. Okay, but so Evan Beard's point, which was very um, insightful to me, right. was that you know these Russian oligarchs yeah. became oligarchs yeah. because of the fall of communism, <clears throat> and they were basically like. 
All right, you go, up resources. Yeah, you go be in charge of natural gas, and uh, you know you you get all the mines. And well, they talk about like how I'm just gonna real quick. They talked about how like a lot of uh, what happened after the fall, like uh, the fall of the uh, Soviet Russia, like um, people would like workers at a plant would keep working. The the fall of the Soviet happened. They go to the plant the next day. They keep working, and just some gangsters are there, like running right. the plant now. And they're like, right. now you work for us, right? Well, and that's exactly how they describe it because transitioning businesses came out of existing bureaus. Right. So you'd have like the Bureau of Commerce, the right. Bureau of Agriculture, yeah. whatever. And now it's like, nah, it's private business. Yeah. So I'm taking over. Yep. So of course you got these guys making billions overnight. Well, Dmitry Robolov was a man who was one of these guys because he had a potash company on the London Stock Exchange. What's that? Straight out of potash. A crazy motherfucking <laughs> named Gusto. <laughs> a fucking wife because the bitch is a fat hoe. What? <laughs> That's straight Whoa. out of low cash. <laughs> nah, I don't know what don't just happened right now. You don't dude. remember CB4? Nah, man. Oh, it's a great song. All right. I didn't know what potash was either. <laughs> sounds, uh, like a, sounds like Canadian french fries. It's been used since antiquity as a soil fertilizer okay. due to its various mined and manufactured salts that contain, you guessed it, potassium. <laughs> Does that what I guessed? Okay. In water I guess that would make sense. Water soluble. Kazakhstan, form. Kazakhstan, number one exporter of potassium. Uh, all right, here we go. All fertilizers for gardening have NPK ratios. For nitrogen, right? Um, yes, is, I actually know this. Yep. Wow, PK. Yes, that's the potassium level because it's the well. Nitrogen sign. is for green foliage growth, right. phosphorus germination, root growth, right? And then you have potassium, flowers and fruits. So you can literally find a fertilizer suitable for any type of plant. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. you got to follow the numbers at the bottom. Straight out of potash, a crazy motherfucker <laughs> named Gusto. I fuck your wife because the bitch is a fat O. I fuck your sister. I fuck your cat. I won't fuck your mom because the bitch is too fat. Rolling like a motherfucking dirt bike. Never ate a piece of pussy that I didn't like. Like to eat it. Like to fuck it. Take a shit in a bucket. <laughs> Dude, that sounded like. What was the guy? What's the uh, the guy that like never grew, but he was like a co comedy writer and like a comedy guy. He was in uh, the movie Waiting. He's a short dude. Oh, uh, Skyler Stone? Nah. Anyway, it's okay. He never it, grew. A little he, short guy? A little short guy. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll get back into it. Okay. If the name comes to me, it'll come to me. But like, that's a, it sounds a Milanakis. Oh, sounds Andy like a Milanakis song. Okay. No, that's CB4. I don't know who that is. That was, I think Chris Rock did it. It was a takeout of Straight huh. Out of Compton. Huh. But cool. the line of the the song is "Take a shit in a bucket." That's <laughs> fucking yeah. funny to me yeah. for some reason. Boy, we have really sidetracked. We sidetracked on That's this. All one. right. Uh, back to Eves. He says in autumn two thousand eight, we had a problem with his mind. You're a lucky. See, look, uh, all these people involved mm -hmm. have some kind of weird, obscure business that they're like trying to what. They're save or like they're, you know, profit from profit from or something illegal transfer. Who, who knows what? Well, he's got this mine in Uracali and it collapsed. According to Eves, uh, the media called it biggest ecological disaster since Chernobyl in Eastern Bloc. Okay. So Evan Beard, he says what you had was someone who needed to get money out of Russia. Right. Aha. <laughs> and it's so it 
Yeah, man. It all makes sense yep. now. Well, he found someone in Eve who was quiet, discreet, and felt he could trust with his life. Yeah, this shit must go back to World War II even. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah, like, probably World War One. Stolen art, you know, it's been a yeah, thing for forever. years. It's yeah. been through antiquities. I mean, but, the, the Byzantines would get sacked and they'd be like, take the fucking statue of fucking Muhammad or whatever. No, but uh, yes, that's correct. <laughs> but I'm talking about like, again... Going back to like the institutional control of all of this, right? Seems like it probably goes back to like World War Two, like yeah. 1950s monuments, man, bro. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, I never saw it. Uh, I, I, I've heard, I've heard of mixed results. Like it's I heard mixed. it's one of those things that's like, you know, it's well, like one of those things. Like when we get some time, we will cover the doc, the rape of Europa. Which okay, is the you know best. how much I love rape. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, which is the best doc I've ever seen on the subject of uh, all of the stolen art that the Nazis jacked in World War II. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway, Eve says his main goal was to convert money sitting in the bank onto mobile assets. He always said, "If I have a problem, I can take them on my plane." So, uh, Evan the Beard, I'm going to call him Evan the Beard now. Cool. He says the Russian on the run and the quiet Swiss man, they form this alliance. And the alliance is designed to acquire art. Well, Eve breaks out his little book and he says, this is a book about the collection presenting the 30 pieces. These artworks uh, can't be found uh, on the market. Right. Well, investigative reporter Antoine Harari says Eve's had built a network allowing him to get all kinds of information on who owned the paintings. That's the real value. Mm -hmm. And what was priceless in order to conduct his business. He was the king because he was in possession of information that no one else had. Huh. Eve's Bouvier sold 37 paintings to Rubloff. We believe he pocketed 50% on those transactions to a profit of $1 billion. <laughs> mm -hmm. Kenny says he made a billion dollars profit. That's a good dealer. Well, Harari says it's great business. And LaMarche, he says it's safer to buy a painting than a piece of real estate because Fuck. a piece. That's so crazy that like you become a billionaire just from money, laun just from laundering, literally. Mm -hmm. It's like, other people's it's like Ozark. It's oh, like Ozark. Fuck me, man. But it's also being the guy that has the connections. Yeah, you got to be the guy in the position. I get it. Well, you have to own your own fucking Freeport, too. You can't oh, yeah. just fucking turnkey yeah. these things overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to remember, Eve's inherited his father's shipping business. Right. So he already had the facilities, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to create these free economic zones to operate out of. Now, we see a wooden crate. Uh, being sealed up. And, oh, I forgot to say this. Bruce yeah. also comments after he says it's better to buy uh, painting than real estate. Um, he says, a piece of real estate, you can always seize it. Interesting. A painting is buried somewhere in a free port. Yeah. Nobody knows where it is. Look at the Salvatore Monday right now. Nobody knows where it is. Oh. So we see the wooden crate being sealed up and wheeled through a warehouse. It's kind of like the end of uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, or you should say Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, Diane says, right now, I don't know where it is. I am so anxious for it to finally find a home where people can experience the extraordinary power of this painting. Kenny, 
He says, art to me is the only truth. It's really a way of living life to communicate with people. Art doesn't exist in a vacuum. If it's existing in these great warehouses that are free ports as kind of a financial asset, it would be a shame because it's something that could be seen by people. It what could have if. I'm just saying, yeah, okay, go on. I mean, they are. There's a shit ton of it. They can make their own galleries, probably. Oh, of course. Like, you know. Well, Lamarche, right. he says the whole world is trying, is discussing where the hell is this painting? Nobody knows where it is. The buyer doesn't have to tell where he puts his painting. They do whatever they want with their money. Who cares? Yeah. Only the press, the bad press, and the people who are curious are caring about something that doesn't even concern them. That's right. fucking bullshit. Right. Because a lot of this stuff are museum pieces that could be museum pieces, but instead are being flipped over and over tax-free to make money on. Yeah. So I don't buy old Lamar's just saying it's none of your fucking business. I mean, he literally sounds like a Bond villain when he says this. Right. Well, <laughs> Alexander Bergman, the art writer, she says 2014 was really the beginning of the end for Bouvier and Robolev. Mm. An article was published that indicated the price of the final sale, which, of course, was different from what Robolev had paid. And Eve says, it's common sense. You buy low and sell high. Yeah. <laughs> it's principle of commerce. People don't understand and say, Miss, Mr. Bouvier is a cheater. But Mr. Bouvier is a businessman <laughs> like anyone else. <laughs> well, Kenny says once Mr. R found out, he was pretty pissed. Mm. And that really sparked the actions that were taken against Bouvier that moved quite quickly after that, according to Alexander Bergman. And Kenny says Mr. R couldn't look at his entire collection the same. Every time he looked at a painting, and it could have been the greatest masterpiece by, you know, whatever artist, all he saw was the fact that he'd been abused and taken advantage of by wow. who was uh, that at the time the world's richest Freeport owner. Wow. So Eve says, the last conversation took place on November 22nd, 2014. Robert Love and his lawyer told me, Eve, I made you a fortune. Now it's your turn to save mine. I want you to sell all the puntings as a purchase price. It was November 22nd, and he wanted it done by Christmas. If you don't, you will have problems. Yeah. Well, when a powerful oligarch threatens you with problems, if you do not sell, you get worried. Yeah. yeah Actually, yeah. you get very worried. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that's impossible to sell a collection like this in such a short time. So Bouvier told him no. And yes, that's Bouvier speaking in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> Bouvier saying no. So, that's why that last name is probably bullshit too. Well, it's probably, I mean, who knows? Uh, it's probably got a few passports, a couple different fucking, you know, yeah. aliases. Yeah. 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 Well, we see a newspaper headline that reads, Robolev accuses Bouvier of fraud. Art dealer quizzed after billionaire's fraud complaint. And my favorite, mm -hmm. never cross a Russian oligarch. Now, I know this just from watching Rounders. Yeah. Okay. And not even an oligarch. Right. You don't cross Russians, Russian. period. Okay? Russian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you don't fuck with you them. You pay them their money. You, you pay that man his money. Yeah. You don't fuck with the Russians. Right. Anyway, uh, Kenny says he marked everything up 100%. It's not a crime. It's greedy. What he was trying to do to screw Bouvier 
was to destroy his reputation, to sue him in every courthouse that would entertain the suit. Well, Eve says, Robolov contacted all the banks, all the auction houses, so I'm blacklisted from the auction houses. Oh, wow. I'm on front page of every newspaper. as discredited it. My credit lines canceled by the banks. All my wow. insurance was canceled. Trust is very important in our profession. People tell me, as long as the legal procedures with Mr. Robolev continue, we are not doing business with you. Today, I've lost everything. Now, this guy just found out <laughs> that he was putting an extra couple points on his money laundering and uh, got pissed is what happened. Yeah. And so he revoked all of his uh, quote-unquote certifications. His which L.A. Is, privileges yes, have been yeah. revoked. Yeah. <laughs> you be, you, what does he say? You, you be gone and you stay gone well, or something then gone. The headlines come out. Singapore court orders asset freeze on the Freeport King. Bouvier forced to sell the 150-year-old family company because of lawsuits by Robolov. Headline. Never cross a Russian oligarch. Yeah. Well, he's pissed like a Russian bear that somebody had stuck something into. He's furious. That's Georgina Adam. Kenny says what he wanted to do was dump all of his art that were great, fantastic pieces, but were radically overpaid. So what he was fully expecting uh. to do was to lose money. Well, Evan the Beard says people think of auction houses as sort of a passive repository of objects to sell on behalf of collectors who decide it's time to sell. Most of the actual high-end objects they sell don't actually come to market that right. way. They're actually out there. Right, right, right. Their specialists are in the living room of collectors and telling them, hey man, it's the right time to sell. Yeah. You got a hot market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And Georgina adds, if they've got the best art for sale, they'll find the buyers. So the competition is at the level of getting the consignments. Well, Jerry Saltz, he says, the guy at the auctioneer, he's always a European with a vague accent. Do I have two million? Oh, John, I saw you for three million. Oh, wait, I say we have five million. Well, Georgina, I don't know why they put that in there. Yeah. But we hadn't heard from Jerry for a while. Right. Well, once Robolov, um, when he does start selling, he sells them through Christie's. And of course, that's where the Monday end up. Now, did you know, by the way, Dave, the uh, the how much the average auctioneer makes? I just looked this up randomly. Um, no, I never really thought about it. Thirty five thousand a year. <clears throat> oh, but that's I'm assuming because they're counting in like chickens and shit. You know, like those kind of auctioneers. Like, I wonder how many how many hours they actually work a year, though. Well, here's the thing: you can't just say hey, I want to be an auctioneer. You have to go to auctioneer school. Uh, that I believe. Yeah, there's a whole school for it. I'm sure there is, but like also again, you're not. You're probably not. It's not like you're probably not your full time job. You're probably doing other things. I think in the if field. you're Christie's, it's probably your full time job. But even Christie's only has like an auction like once. And I know you're doing other things. Yeah, seems a little low. All right. Well, that's thirty five grand across the country. You know, Still I'm talking about like the people that do like hey storage wars. Oh, you know. those guys. Yeah, okay. I mean, they're well, considered auctioneers. No, I get it. I mean, you know, fucking, you ever been to an auction? Yes, I've been to plenty of auctions yeah. for uh, machinery. Yeah. And I used to, uh, um, I mean, I've done, I've actually 
done some auctioneering. Oh, you know how to do it? No, I don't know how to do just, it. Just, just, just be like, hey, give me a five, give me a five, give me. Oh, there's seven, 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 seven. I yeah. do it. I have nine, 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 five. Do I have five forty? Five forty. Do I have five forty? Five forty. Do I have five fifty? Five fifty. Five fifty. Five fifty. I don't boring. do the voices. And but like one of my favorite things is watching the like the cattle auctioneers. Uh huh. They do the thing, and then they put some rap behind it. And they it's have rap music behind they, the banjo, Ling Ling? not a banjo. It sounds like a banjo. The guy speaking, the the guy, the auctioneer uh-huh. almost almost sounds like a banjo himself. Yeah. But then they put it to rap music. Oh, really? And it's fucking hilarious. Will you take me sometime? Um, to a feed auction? I just mean the video. They make videos, but there's are plenty. There's plenty of cattle auctions, sure, or like uh, machinery auctions. They're quite boring. What kind of though. machinery were you buying? Large manufacturing machinery, like lathes and milling machines. What, were you just flipping them? Press brakes. The company I worked for was flipping them. Yes. Oh, okay, got it. All right, back to Kenny. Okay. He says nothing was wrong with Rubble Love's art, except for the Da Vinci. All the other pieces in his collection were fantastic. Now, they show his collection. He's got Gauguin's, Magritte's, Picasso, your favorite. Um, he's got Rothko's. Picasso's the hack of the of the, of the the painting world. <laughs> that fucking tit shouldn't be pointed upside down, or straight up in the air. That eye's fucking in a 90-degree angle. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck your blue period, Picasso. <laughs> yeah. Fucking period, bitch. <laughs> so, according to Evan... The Monday was the one black swan in his collection that he had questions about. But there is a massive billion-dollar collection behind it that could be the potential future business for the auction house. So Christie's, they have to keep their client happy. They went all in on the picture. The term male Mona Lisa was created for this auction. Well, we see a headline, Male Mona Lisa, painting by Leonardo da Vinci, expected to auction for $100 million. Well, Bregman, the writer, she goes back to the original Mona Lisa, insured for over $800 million. So I think calling it the Male Mona Lisa makes sense as a marketer on a financial front. <clears throat> I just realized why Bouvier sent those emails to... Robolev? No, oh, to, like, to what, like his assistant or whatever. Man. Yeah, Sankoff. Saying, saying, so saying the the fake price, so that so that if it ever came back to him from Robloff, be like, no, 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 this was the price that we paid for the whatever. He he thought maybe he'd be able to like scheme him, maybe. Yeah, but this all came out anyway. It all came out later anyway. But I'm just saying, like in the time, dude. Like you're the emails we forwarded, and they're just like showing it like all up front and stuff like that. Don't fuck with the Garks. Okay. Yeah, the Garks. Right? I like that. Don't fuck with Russians. Yep. Don't fuck with the Garks. Yeah, I like that. The Garks. All right. So that sounds like some fucking inbreeding royals royalty. The Garks are here. Well, Beard, oh hell, the Garks. Beard gives us a little history of the Mona Lisa, and he reminds us that in the early 20th century, um, it really wasn't that well known. Uh, but in 1961, JFK goes to Vienna um, for a summit. And That's makes, Austria, right? Uh, yep. Okay. He makes a stop off in Paris. And the culture min- cultural minister at the time, Andre Malraux, well, he was entranced by Jacqueline Bouvier. Uh, so a fake name. 
I'm just saying, it's a little weird. It's a fake name, yeah. The, so you think Yves jacked Jacqueline yeah. Bouvier's name? That Jack was like, that's a nice name. I'm gonna, just remember Army Hammer? Uh-huh. He did the same thing. Okay. Right, didn't he? Well, Jackie sort of. whispers in his ear one night at the events and says, I'd love for you to take the Mona Lisa to the United States so we could show our population this cultural masterpiece. Well, eventually it gets loaned to the U.S. And our 35th president, uh, we see some vintage film of him. Mr. Minister, we are in the United States, so grateful for this loan from the leading artistic power in the world, France. <laughs> and I am as well because my wife has it caught me banging Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> I like how you said the thing so that we know what impression you're doing. Oh, the 35th you know, president? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, the lines, when they have this uh, showing, they're around the block. And most of the people that went to see it weren't coming to see the painting. They were going basically to have seen the picture so they could say, hey, look, I saw a celebrity. And Christie's understood at the same time they had to accomplish the same thing with the right. Monday. Yeah. So this is when they coined the male Mona Lisa. Um, and they realized we have to convince the potential buyer that you're now buying a global celebrity that will play into the power and prestige of your acquisition. Yeah. So their primary marketing video was brilliant in a way because it never showed the project or the object rather. What they showed instead was series of people staring at the Salvatore Monday. Okay. They even had Leonardo DiCaprio in this ad. Oh. And Leonardo Day, Leonardo Day. <laughs> Leonardo Squared. Yeah. That's even yeah. They realized that they needed to show uh, whatever collector bought this thing. There was a mass following that people were buying into celebrity, basically. Now, I'm 99% sure this was directed by Earl Morris, who, if you recall, was from episode 22 of Tabloid. Um, And now he's also doing Chipotle commercials right now. Uh, Like he's in them or he's directing them? He's directing them. Did you check this IMDb? No, I just keep seeing him. And I know his voice in the background. He's like, what's fresh mean to you? And like the girls make a guacamole and she's like, avocado. So he's doing, and he even like does the same style of the document. He's like just asking questions. Yes, it's his style. It's pretty funny. So it's it's pretty easy to, you know, capture. Anyway... Christie's release a tons of t- just a massive amount of marketing. So the traffic comes in, hype's there. They bring the Monday into the people's mind. So uh, it's so fast to so many people. And we see the tweets. People are crying like it's the opening night of Passion of the fucking Christ. By the way, did you ever see that movie? Nope. Dude, I remember going and laughing my fucking ass off at these people crying and running and covering their eyes. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I don't get this at all. The Catholicos. Yeah. But I mean, it was like te- tears, people yeah. gasping in horror. Yeah. But these people in these tweets, they're like, this is how to describe art in under four minutes without words. Beautifully done. They're describing the commercial. Okay. I found this exquisite, almost as moving as the painting itself. This film made me head to Christie's today and stand for an hour in line to see it. This video is the most intense, deep emotional thing I have ever seen. Thank you. 
The video itself is a work of art. I'm sobbing out of perfection. Those watery, soulful eyes are magnificently captivating. I hope it goes to an institution for others to see it in person. The video opened up a conversation amongst my students about what it means to experience art. Why don't we, at this point, take our break? Because I feel like I'm wound up. Uh, yeah, me too. And it's about time to fuck our audience over. Yeah. And leave them on a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, like two weeks in a row. <laughs> Guys, we're sorry to do it to you two weeks in a row. I mean, we're just going, we're just, we're riffing, dude. I was going to push it farther and build up the cliffhanger, yeah. but I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, we want to say thank you for joining us. Um, this has been episode 41. 41 of Down on the Docks, part one of um, the Salvatore Mundi. And uh, we'll be back next week to, to wrap it up. And if you are new to this show, please track us down. Find us on uh, Instagram, Down on the Docks Pod. Find us on Twitter, Down on the Docks. And we haven't asked for a while. But if you have time, go ahead, subscribe to the show. Leave a five-star review. Le yeah. Even if you hate me. <laughs> say leave a five star review. And we and say, know that you, a lot of you do. Dave sucks. Shut the fuck up. Let Chris do his stupid voices. <laughs> five star review though. Anyway, we want to thank Broccoli Farms as yep. always for supporting us, and we will be back next week with the conclusion of what's it called? <laughs> I don't remember what the fuck. It's supposed to be your job. You got, you got mom. Problem. You got mom talking. You got, I called it. Salvatore Money. It's called The Last Leonardo. Guys, the Last Leonardo. We have had flying cats throughout yeah, the background in this episode, and uh, we can't wait to bring you the rest. We're going to see you next week. Jump in the Discord. Say hello. Uh, say hello, and uh, keep a, keep those reviews coming. By well, the way, uh, I want to say shout out to Sky Marino. Thank you for your suggestions. They've been banked and cataloged, and we'll will be covering them in future episodes. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week. Thank you, as always, for your support and for taking your time to join us. <laughs>